Well, don't break too much while you're here, yeah. but <laughs> and very or do I, you know yeah, whatever right. seems to be appropriate. Very little for me, no, no, but yeah, I do want to taste no, it. No, totally, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like and that's the whole thing. Like, so there's a huge movement in the bartending community, as there should be, for sobriety. Oh, interesting. You know, we're like, how about how about this is a craft? How about this is a trade? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the oldest trades. You know, and how about you don't have to get shit house every night to do it. Unlike the oldest profession, prostitution, which you probably do have to get shit house to do it. Yeah, no doubt, right? <laughs> I, I think that's true as a sommelier too. Like that, that culture of like drinking to taste, not to like be obliteration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what you what you end up doing is you end up like um, you like taste and then you'll spit. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know what mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. and so you're trying to like. I swallow as you should because yeah. I'm a classy I mean, lady. <laughs> just well, like there's you made some joke like you're are you still injured? So that's why you're drinking more. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Something like because like whatever excuse you have to make, dude, it's cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it would have been I think what is April of 2013. I was skiing in the backcountry by myself and um, had a binding failure to release and uh Tore my gastroc. Oh, shit. And uh, at, at the time, um, sometime later, Kevin Curtis, uh, he was training in the gym. He was there, and I was there, and I was relatively healed up. It was probably June by that point. And he said, so, yeah, I tore your gastroc. Man, that's a really painful injury. What would you do to heal? And I said, um, I drank a case of vodka <laughs> and then I could see him kind of doing the math in his head because um, I think I put a time on it I said I, th- I think I said I, yeah I took six weeks off and drank a case of vodka and I could and I think he was doing the math in his head and he just looked and, and very seriously said yeah that sounds about right yeah yeah <laughs> <I was just laughs> wait what is it? wait seriously <laughs> you could just do the math like how okay six weeks that's uh, that's forty-two days. How many? You know, it's like <laughs> so like, funny, dude. <laughs> anyway, oh gosh. Um, so this that you have just poured, yeah, is a rather special bottle of mezcal. Yeah, I mean, it's it's available like in in definitely a bunch of states, um, all over kind of the country or whatever, but it's the Darumbalay's mezcal, um, from, from this guy Esteban that I met when I was in Guadalajara. Okay. Um, the mezcalero is Uriel Cimental. Uh, this is from Durango, Mexico. Um, yeah. And I just brought it as it was like, you guys are talking about, you mentioned that you really like mezcal and like rye whiskey and because rye whiskey has now become like the bro drink i decided to bring mezcal yeah <laughs> so it's just like yeah um do you really think like once once a certain um God, i don't even know what to describe because it's such a general term but yeah once a um i don't know a subject comes to the root of a popped collar it's kind of over right yeah 100 percent. i mean and that just <laughs> 
Did I explain that? Well? I, I, I think I that think was did. pretty yeah. accurate. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> I feel the same, and I don't know what it is. Is that the? Uh, I would hate to take social justice terminology, but that seems to me to be appropriation culture. Like, yeah. Where, no, where there's sure. no appreciation of the culture. Yeah, I think there's something. Well, first off, um, cheers. Oh. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, boom. Bam. Take a couple of sniffs. Yeah. The way you taste spirits is in like a blinding situation or something. The way that I was always taught by like some people is like, you want to smell it, different layers, but smell it, sip it, enjoy it, love it. Smell it, sip it, enjoy it, love it. That's <sighs> why I swallow. Yep. Whoa. And sometimes you want to do two sips because yeah, the yeah. first sip you'll get all alcohol. Yeah, it'll. Right? And you want to get a little more like flavor for sure. And man, just like the, oh, just like the vegetal and like there's this arc, or like volcanic, yeah. volcanic dryness to it. Yeah, there's like that smokiness. Bell peppers and like, um, like, like actual like teletary bell peppers. There's like actually like a little salt on it too, which is super fun because like savoriness and spirits is really neat. That's why I love scotch too, you know? So how long did it take you to, to develop a palate? for fine spirits because yeah, yeah. i assumed that this was born out of uh you like drinking you like bar life you like that kind of bartending yeah, yeah and then yeah. the appreciation came later i take it it's, it's kind of contemporaneous you know like i mean everybody has their own trajectory mm-hmm. i got like i got dunked in like really strangely just in the sense that so in our world we have like the bartending world, we have uh, Tales of the Cocktail, which is one of our award systems, blah, 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 whatever, you know, however you want to put it. Um, when I got into bartending, I just asked my friend Jason if I could, he could teach me to bartend because I had stopped working in nonprofits in DC. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I got to make a living. And I was like, restaurant culture, low barrier to entry, boom, I'm in. So... I go in and he's like, okay, read this book. I'm like, all right, cool. Week later, done. He's like, do this program online. I'm like, cool. Just had a basic like education in spirits, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like tasting things and working through stuff. Memorize these cocktail recipes. All right, cool. Learn these wine regions. Cool. Learn this food. Boom, done, you know? Mm-hmm. Three months later, I like went to San Francisco and I'm hanging off my friend John who owns two bars in the city. And he's like, oh, let's go to this, this cocktail bar called ABV. And so I'm sitting at ABV and all this stuff that Jason had taught me about, like everything needs to be the same. Um, this need, there needs to be consistency. These things need to be badass. And I'm watching these bartenders and the penny just dropped. And I was like watching them make all the cocktails the same and watching them clean their tools and watching them be organized and handling mm. the crowd and talking to people and like multitasking and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, hey, Jason, I'm at this badass bar in San Francisco. And we had originally met because he was also from California, but had recently moved to Washington, D.C. with his wife. And so I'm like, oh, I'm at this badass bar called ABV. And he texts me back and he goes, I helped open that bar. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh fuck, you know, like of all the, yeah, it's really well known bar gin joints in all the towns in the yeah. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Mark. Um, and you know, you you just get education from reps and like obviously my friend Brian Smith um, got this bottle for us to share as a present to you guys, just as a thank you that you could enjoy it because one of the things that I appreciate about what y'all are doing is 
the appreciation for authentic authenticity and realness or what have you, you know, which kind of brings us back around Mike, like mm-hmm. to this idea of like when the pop collar comes, it's over, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's okay. not authentic <laughs> anymore. No. Yeah. But there's something about something going and I don't know how to describe this, but unless there's, unless it's on a shirt that has two alligators fucking on the front of it <laughs> totally. and, and then it's okay. Yeah. Cause then it's cool. ironic. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Well, because that, well, that mm. would be, or an alligator fucking a pony because it's self-referential. And this yeah. is like the best part about irony is that it's a paradox, right? Totally. Like the thing that is so serious is actually funny. I hope. <laughs> I mean, well, here's the because like, if it's not, we'll just make fun of it. An oh, alligator, exactly. Two alligators fucking, dude. Good. But I, like, life is so absurd, you know. Like when tra- hundred percent, like when tragedy absurd. strikes, mm-hmm. or you know, you go through like personal difficulties or whatever. Or just how about like, you know, when you're you're like trying to get better at something, you're like, I'm gonna push to the end, fucking whatever it is. Mm-hmm. If you're not laughing at all of that, mm. you're missing it. And laughing especially at your obsession with oh, it. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> and all of the little bits that go along with, you know, modifying certain aspects of like life in order to accommodate obsession. The, I think, and I, it's only because it's on the tip of my tongue, and I wish I was better at quoting shit that I've read, but I have a terrible memory. Um, but Alan Watts said that the, the most convincing argument to not belong to the church of England was their lack of humor at their own self. (laughs) It's so true. He's like, nobody, nobody sold me on something else. It wasn't, it was a push away because they couldn't even laugh at their own absurdity about the costuming and the religious right. And the fact that, you know, whatever King Henry, whatever killed his wives, like had two of them murdered and, and we're celebrating this person praying for him daily. Exactly. And you can't... two of them murdered. He was just getting started. At that yeah, point. Wasn't, that wasn't that just like the, the entry fee? Well, <laughs> like, like, it's like, no, it's just practice. Like the, literally the hocus pocus, right? Cause that yeah. comes from, oh. you know, the, the, that comes from one of the words for uh, a tradition in um, Roman Catholicism mm-hmm. and the idea like the Protestants would kind of make fun of them and be like, Oh, you're just all smells and bells. <laughs> Cause they're taking that yeah, thing. As, yeah. Yeah, it's like, and if you're not laughing at yourself, like that's why I appreciate that, even though it's kind of like hoard out and popped collared mm. or whatever. But that idea, cause I'm a climber um, is the conquerors of the useless, you know, yeah. you know, you're like, you're like, this is the dumbest thing ever. You know, and I'm always talking to guests at the bar. <laughs> I'm always, they're like, so what do you do for fun? I was like, ah, oh, just my dumb white people shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it tends, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Just into white people shit lately. Yeah. Like, is there, why do you go up there? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you, you only go part way up and it's an arbitrary distance based on the length of the rope so that you can lower back down. That seems really strange. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. Could, yeah. like, what was the, I think that was in Valley Uprising when they're interviewing the first guy to summit. Uh, was it the dome was the first major one? And they're, they're talking to him. It took like 18 weeks or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. And then they're like, why do you do it? And he's like, cause we're insane. <laughs> <laughs> I can't just get his voice. Oh, they must've been talking to Warren Harding. At yeah. That yeah. Point. Warren Harding, yeah. Because he's <laughs> obviously like has a bottle of wine or whatever. Yeah. 
Fuck him and Caldwell, right? Do you yeah. Jeez, man. Good times. <laughs> we but. we caddy and uh, I mean one of the best stories about him is like when they offered to rescue them off of yeah. El Cap and like <laughs> we won't s- send us some wine, but if you come down here to try and rescue us, it'll be a fucking fight. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. Oh, I just love it. God, this is really good. This is astonishingly it's tasty. Totally mezcal. different. Yeah, it really does have like a peculiar fl- flavor to it. A different profile. How did you? Cause, so obviously you're in the. Actually, you're, who are you? Well, yeah, sorry. Because right, uh, we didn't even start. We just like launched yeah, just, right in. That's the so, best way to do it because I, and then people can figure it out. It. But we can introduce ourselves now, right? Oh yeah, I'm Michael Blevins, and I am one of the hosts of the Dissect Podcast. <laughs> Joining me here is my cohort, <laughs> Mark Twite. Also and, a host. Also. Of, and and that's, fuck you, we host this podcast, I believe, is, is what we really were trying to say. Yeah, we're trying and, to be polite about it. And not everybody gets to be uh, a podcast. Well, no, everybody can. It's an equal opportunity. It's wide open. It's the Wild West. It really Start is. Start a podcast. I encourage you. There is really no selection method for this, which, in all honesty, um, is kind of how you ended up here, right? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, tell I guess. Little... <laughs> I didn't really know what was going to happen. Um, but I, just... I think instead of introducing Nick, I think yeah. you should introduce yourself, mostly because I think you can do it. Um, a lot, But <clears throat> no, listen to this, because this is actually difficult. When you tell somebody to introduce themselves in the first person, very difficult. That's why most people write their resumes in the third person oh, of somebody yeah. appreciating themselves. So right, right, for sure, you got to sell yourself. Yeah, but the strong characters always identify as the first person. I am really eccentric. People identify as the second person, but we won't go there. No, no, no. Now, hang on one second. <laughs> um, I see. I thought that you uh, that you write the resume in the third person. <laughs> Because it demonstrates that there is actually someone out there in the world willing to talk about you and knows all of these things about you. It's like a huge assumption. You're assuming some shit there that is not necessarily. Anything like, yeah. that you read shit. that is a biography, yeah. generally is written by the person himself, with which come to absurdism, is... Why are we playing this game about talking about yourself like somebody else actually appreciates you? Like somebody gives a fuck? Yeah, and knows your detailed history and your musings as a young child and what gave you, you know. But please, (laughs) now with that. (laughs) So just make it autobiographical. Uh, Right, exactly, yeah. Um, Well, my name is Nick Lazareski, but I'm just Nick Laz to most people or the Laz to everyone. Um, I'm a bartender in Denver, Colorado, and kind of just i just rock climb and drink alcohol and hang out and talk shit to people i don't know like <laughs> that's like one of the things i'm like yeah, i don't know dude like but that's me you know one of the things that i appreciate is somebody understanding what they're good at well <laughs> and funny. talking shit to people is in fact a skill well when you work the front desk at a tattoo shop and then you're also a bartender you learn real quick the survival skills yeah, of being yeah. like Ah, yeah, 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 no. (laughs) I would say the same of working at a a restoration, um, like, well, an auto body shop that's also a hot rod restoration. Oh, 100%. No one one will fucking give you two 
centimeters of room to no. wiggle. You have to defend yourself really quickly. Like you don't come in like <laughs> yeah. like guns ablazing. No. You're going down in flames. And whatever is yeah. most End obvious about you is going to be on the table for oh, chopping. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's like, Ta- and I would say the same is about a tattoo shop. What tattoo shop? Um, I used it was it was a while ago, but I used to work the front desk at Boulder Inc. in Boulder, Colorado. Oh, okay. yeah. And those are uh, I moved to Boulder like four years ago from Washington D.C. and um, the owner actually came into a bar I was working at, and I just kind of like it's kind of like the whole idea like you smell your own. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "You're a tattoo artist, like I know." And like, and we just started talking. He's like, "You got to come in." And I just love the heritage. I love the tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the different families of tattoos. And... Did you at least take the time to fuck with him for a little bit? Like, oh, you always do. You never what go kind right of tattoo in, gun. Do you <laughs> like? <laughs> just, that's my first. It's my first thing to start fucking with him. Yeah, it's yeah. Just like. You know, I really wanted to get this kanji on my neck. <laughs> the one that says little imposter. <laughs> well, the, I'll call it the, fr- the first time I don't time think I was, that's what it says. The that's first the time I, I was getting tattooed at the shop, uh, Nate Drew was tattooing my back. And he, uh, no shit, this happened in real life. And I say it now and it's the most absurd thing ever. This girl comes in and she's like, oh, I just wanted to get like this Japanese symbol and he goes, oh, we're all out of those. I'm so sorry. You're going to have to come back <laughs> yes, next week. <laughs> and she was like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, check back. Okay. Well, like I'm in Salt Lake and we have some friends of Boulder Inc. own a shop here in Salt Lake called Heart of Gold. Mm. And I met right Andrew there. at one of our other artists art shows okay. in Boulder, like about a year and a half ago or so, maybe like me, like a year and a half, two years ago and walked in today and was like, Hey guys, like, I just want to come see the shop. It's rad. Cause that's what I do when I travel is I like it's Andrew ta- King, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. And, um, I just go to tattoo shops to check them out and I go to coffee shops and restaurants and then go climbing. Right. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> so I walk in today and I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, and you know, just, you just know your own. Right. Mm. Andrew comes over, he goes, oh, I remember you. And we're talking and boom, boom, boom. We're talking and they're like, oh, let, let's see your back because your back is done by Joel. Who's like, Joel is a master Japanese tattooer in mm-hmm. Boulder, Colorado. And so we like, everybody saw that. And I was like, yeah, totally stripping down, you know, classic tattoo thing. Yeah. You're like, whoop, shoot <laughs> <laughs> back. <laughs> let's see it. And then before I know it, Andrew's like, yeah, dude, like you want to get tattooed? And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do it. You know, so I'm going to yeah. go get tattooed later today. <laughs> nice. Perfect. Um, Yeah. So Is, does he get to pick or do you get to pick? Um, I'm way past the like, this needs to have meaning in my life. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think anybody. <laughs> I, I, get a, I have to have a story to this. Yeah. My and grandmother, I, yeah. she just really loved feathers. And so I got a hundred thousand of them tattooed on my neck. You're like, <laughs> I, so, uh, oh, Adam Foreman, uh-huh. Yeah, you know when he sort of stopped formally tattooing for a while, and and that, and then at some point, I think he offered, and I can't remember exactly how it happened, but to um, to do it, uh, and I know that Eric Matthews got one because mm. Adam was just like, um, I want to do a tattoo, maybe in the old style. Um, if you agree, you know, I choose. And so Matthews has like this fennel root on one of his calves, oh, shit. and it's. It's nicely detailed mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful and you can identify what it is. I'm not sure that that, that has any meaning, you know, no. oh, for no. him about the relationship to his grandmother or fuck no, birds no. Of, you know, or whatever. No, but Foreman's just no. like, nah, you're getting a fennel root, motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the best tattoos generally are because like, if you're into tattoo art, it means you're way past the idea that this thing um, 
is going to be permanent about my impermanence. A hundred percent. And so I walk in today and Andrew's like, do you have any room? <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> like I'm, I, my goal is just to be, has covered. been to be covered yeah. ever since 17 year old, like yeah. listening to Mike Ness saying, don't <laughs> drag me down. Yeah. I'm like, nice. I want that. Yeah. I have to have that. Like, like, Bo- body suit for me, please. Yeah, like one, please, you yeah. know? And so I'm like pants down in the back of the tattoo shop. He's outlining this section of my thigh and he's like, cool, I got to draw something. I got these other appointments. Can you come back at six? <laughs> is your Is your back piece? Is nice. it turtle backed? Um, it's all the way down. To th- it's yeah. not done yet. Okay. I still have like uh, some stuff. Fifty to seventy hours. Okay, and it goes down to the bottom of my thighs. Okay, and yeah, then yeah. my legs are a mix of ja- American traditional and okay. Japanese. So. Interesting. Yeah. Nice. But I love the heritage. I love the art. Mm-hmm. Um, Japanese and American tat- Americana tattoo yeah. art share like a really long standing heritage of Absolutely. a. Back to what you said, Mark, about like you can recognize what it is. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, it's so dumb, but you're like, that is one of the most important things in a tattoo mm-hmm. is you're like, you what can, you're like, Hey, so, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's a tiger yeah. or, you know, that's yeah. a, that's a swallow yeah. or whatever, yeah. you know? And that's a Japanese symbol that doesn't mean what you think that it means. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Oh, 100%, man. Um, we were actually making jokes. I was texting my friend Jeff on the way here, and I was like, yeah, I just went to, I went to Heart of Gold. We're going to get tattooed. And he's like, oh, cool. So you're going to get a bunch of like white ink on your eye, eyelids? And I was like, no, dude, I'm going to get a blue circle. He's like, oh, you don't want to get something outlined in red? All of these ideas are terrible, and they don't yeah, yeah. stand the test of time. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> we're just like rattling Wait a back second, and forth. But have you seen the new ultraviolet ink that glows in the dark? Thankfully, no, I have not. <laughs> Dude, it's the next thing. That I'm, way, whenever you're at rave, everybody can see how stupid you are. Yeah. <laughs> God, are no, those so or actually how terrible your tattoo is? <laughs> are those coming back? Is that a thing? Like raves are coming? Anyways. No. Oh, man. I can, I can just see. Okay. it's. Do you need black light mm-hmm. for it? I think okay. So, yeah. Okay. So, but in regular light, you wouldn't. You could just. Yeah. Just you could just, that. as a tattoo artist, you know, kind of the last hurrah, <laughs> like before, just. <laughs> Ultraviolet ink or whatever that would be, like giant dicks on people. <laughs> yeah, just, oh yeah. I'm no, sorry. I'm sure. a, who was lately obsessed? The most recent podcast was a, the new bumper sticker. By the way, did oh. you uh, get? No, I'm waiting for Trevor. I gotta get Trevor's gonna drop. Not that it's complex, <laughs> but I figured I would let him do it. Okay, this <laughs> stick figure bumper sticker that supports oh. our Save the Planet ideals, which is very important. You know, logically, a couple. And kids and a dog, but the kids are X'd out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Save the planet, motherfucker. Quit having fucking Mother- kids. Exactly. Seriously. <laughs> I was actually thinking about the other, the coexist oh, no. bumper sticker. That one. No, I forgot all about that one. We actually okay. have to duke it on that. I got sidetracked yeah. with actual work and productivity. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Damn you. Damn you. Work ethic. <laughs> Although I will come back to that because that one's pretty fucking Because awesome. that's pretty funny, really. Yeah. That, the, uh, the uh, well, no, I don't want to. Well, I already, it's already. I mean, yeah, it was on the last it's one. Already on the last one. No, so, you got to like hide so, this behind some internet wall and a password and or some and, shit, and then like you know mail it via like fourth party or something. I don't know. Yeah, we have I, a we have a mail forwarder. So I still think there's no stuff that's useful from. like that. Like I, I would still appreciate you know in order to get certain t-shirts, you have to show up in person and bring an item, right? Like. Yeah. I still like that tradition. I mean, I just appreciate that there's 
you have to do some sort of like work to get something, you know, because we live in this world where everyone knows nothing mm. and yet they have access to everything mm-hmm. because nobody wants to work hard anymore mm-hmm. and like sweat shit out. And that's one of the things I appreciate about bartending. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that drew me to it is like, it's this trade for me. You know, it's this thing that it takes me time. Like it's hard. Like it's not easy. I have to deal with people and I have such a short like window mm-hmm. to like understand and to win this person and to give them hospitality and to blow their world by either a giving them what they want or introducing them to something different. Mm. Or if they choose to like give me the reins and do like the dealer's choice thing, then I can like bring them something, but all within this, this frame of like literally 90 seconds. And do you frame that because you say I'm a bartender in this, would you just consider yourself like, I don't know. You're just in the hospitality business. hundred percent. And the word for that is like a hospitality. You know what I mean? Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's a word for it, for sure. I just call myself a bartender because I'm not trying to like complicate things, you know, and I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to like stroke myself and just, I'm not, I know, I just always say I'm a bartender because I don't, mm. I'm not a mixologist. Like that's too complicated. I'm a, I'm a simple dude, man. Yeah, I, and, so, and sometimes you're just giving somebody a beer and there's no mixing there. No, exactly. Yeah. And or, that's, well, that's not true because you are mixing it with air and the appropriate amount of air getting the glass. <laughs> I guess, man. Um, I just, some, don't don't people say shit? Like I mean, that? I'm drinking <laughs> I'm drinking spirits now, but most of the time when I go to the bar, I'm just like, yeah, can I just have a beer and a shot? So, so what is this that you just pulled out? So, this is one of my favorite scotches um, from the distiller um, Brooklodic in on Islay in um, Scotland. And Islay is a uh, an island in this. You'll know this if you're like a Scotch nerd or whatever, but. Um, Islay is an area in the Hebrides Islands of Scotland, and this is where all the smoky scotches come from. Oh, okay. um, <clears throat> so, for example... As like, opposed to the peaty scotches? No, that is the peaty oh, scotches. Oh, that is the peaty. So, just quick, yep. quick FYI, what they do is they take this bogs, yeah, right? Yeah. And peat, they, yeah. they, they pull the peat, and they smoke the barley uh, okay, okay, with it, and that's where they kind of get like the smokiness of the scotch okay and it's just kind of an old tradition to dry things out because everything is damp um but these guys are doing some amazing work um brucolatic because they are doing unpeated single malt uh scottish um whiskey whiskey being like the big category mm. a scotch being the under category yeah. right. of this but the cool thing about what they're doing is it says right here on the thing it says we believe that terroir matters okay and terroir is a french word for regionality interesting but they say we believe in isle we believe in people we be- believe in authenticity provenance traceability we believe in slow we believe in in challenging convention we believe in the soul of the artisan and they believe in it so much that they actually, it's, I'm not, it's, yeah, it's, it's on this one, but they actually list all the farms where they get the barley from Islay. Hmm. And so talk about the idea is from grain to dram, dram being like the Scottish word um, for like alcohol, like a, a dram of scotch. Mm-hmm. And so these guys are just taken really seriously um, their regionality and their heritage and their history and who they are and what they want to do. And so it's something that I want to support mm. because I live for that shit. And this is kind of their entry level, like the classic Lottie, just like their yearly that they put out and they have a bunch of iterations or what mm-hmm. have you. But that they're defending the fuck out of analog. 
Absolutely. <laughs> um, oh, I got a story for you on that one. Oh, shit, Mike. I think that was too much. That's okay. I'll finish right. it. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, Damn. <laughs> Again. Yeah. So since it's unpeated, that would account for the... Lack of smokiness. Lack of smoking. Exactly, yeah, totally. But, uh, but, but lightness, it's way more transparent than a Lagavulin or something that's so really nice this brings up that's a different topic only because the when you take something off a still mm. it's clear looks mm-hmm. like water right like the old moonshine what yep. have you the unless it's midnight moon blueberry wait blackberry <laughs> well, <that's>, moonshine <laughs> yeah, exactly. which yeah. <laughs> we presume has color to it but it might just be in a black jar i don't know no one's opened it no one's been brave enough no yet. one will ever know oh, man. no one will ever it know. couldn't possibly oh. be that they just have no. clear liquor and then they add blueberry syrup into it but so the color comes from someone the, might the, know there may be you know it it may come to a point when that is the only <laughs> vessel of alcohol left in the building. I seek and it will to be that time. witness that day where Mark's like, there's nothing in the office. Dun, dun, dun. dun. And <laughs> vomiting blueberry juice. <laughs> <laughs> the not, on, not on my this, watch. This is okay. one of the best scotches that I've had. This is really nice. It like, is. This is- it's, it's really cool. They just take shit really seriously. And like they have, you know, like vintages wow. to it. Um, it's really smooth, but the color comes from um, the barreling. Mm. And so you have all these different, there's no regulations for scotch on barreling where, for example, um, American bourbon has to be in new American charred oak barrels mm. for a minimum of two to three years. End of story. Okay. And so the Scottish can use whatever kind of barrel they want. Mm. Now, Mark, the comment that you made about Lagavulin is really interesting because some brands for the sake of consistency will uh, add things of course ah and i'm not going <laughs> to throw any i don't you, you, the old adage sure. you throw a lot of mud you lose a lot of ground yeah. okay and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that but for me personally i i prefer and i think it's funny that this bottle is like teal and yeah. i think that's like a it's, joke it's opaque. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's fucking hilarious <laughs> like you can't I mean, see what's in it you yeah, know yeah. what i mean mm. um but it's so smooth and it's kind of like you know they're they're taking this like stereotype of Islay scotch and they're just flipping it on its head and being like no we're gonna take stuff that is from our island that is only from our island that is for our, our island and we're gonna make it on our island for everyone to enjoy hmm. i love but it it's I, I, I don't want to like I. <laughs> I literally like no the the story that comes Fuck. with these things when you and we don't know which is awesome yeah. to have somebody explain it to us. It changes the experience and almost makes it so that if I want to drink something, I can't drink it unless it has this kind of heritage to it. Yeah, the irony too of your analog comment mm-hmm. earlier is my friend Andrew was telling me, and I can't really confirm this 100%, but apparently the distiller or one of the people in charge, the main master distiller, didn't want to have any computers at the distillery. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Which is like, even if that's halfway true, sure, yeah, like, yes. Yeah, he doesn't like wow. have to, you know, Faraday wire his... <laughs> fucking building to give. I, that's a pretty awesome. Yeah. And so Fuck. these are some treasures from two parts of the world that, that I love, mm. um, that I wanted to share with you got you all. 
um, because I appreciate what y'all do. Thank you very much. So yeah, thank you. This rad. These are probably two of the tastiest mm-hmm. spirits I've actually ever sampled. So Nate, then thank you. I have done my job. Yeah, they really wow. are good. Podcast over. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Podcast <laughs> hold beginning. On. Yeah. Wait, hold on. <laughs> One second. <laughs> yeah. So in in your um, basically your education because. I believe that everybody is self-educated. They just don't realize it. Yeah, 100%. Um, absolutely. And when you do realize that you are, in fact, self-educated, you tend to um, curate your educators better. And so this seems like one of those things that I'm sure there's a bartending college of some oh, yeah. fucking sort. And no one I've ever met that I work with in these higher-end cocktail bars. Like, we had that conversation yeah. earlier. Once again, we're coming in. Mm, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> yeah. usually do. <laughs> coming in halfway <laughs> late, but I've been privileged to work in some really amazing restaurants in Colorado that have made top 25 lists when I've been on staff, mm-hmm. um, which is we have our 5280 magazine that does that. And so it's been really great to be in these higher-end restaurants, make these lists, learn the rules of fine dining, learn you know flavor profiles and textures and and what makes good food Mm -hmm. both why from the farm and then what method and then how it's served and what it goes with Mm. one of my this is not this is connected but one of the things that the quotes that i live and die by is and is why i'm moving more into a restaurant as opposed i'm out of a cocktail bar now and moving into a, a restaurant is sold quote from France where it says um, food without wine is a corpse and wine without food is a ghost. Hmm. All right. You know, and, and there's something to the, the experience of eating and drinking, whether it is the fact that like Rene Redzepi from Noma in Copenhagen Mm -hmm. talks about how there is a democratization of, of, of food where everyone eats Mm -hmm. your friends, your lovers, your enemies, the people you don't care about, the people you do care about, everyone eats. And so there's something there like in hospitality, like when you serve people something, you serve these people that you would never run into on a regular day, you know, like even though I'm in this like higher end thing, even at Waffle House, mm-hmm. you know, I just watched like Sean Brock, who is one of the most amazing chefs in America out of Charleston. And he runs the restaurants Husk and McCready's. There's four Husks in the South and they take the Southern part of America, their terroir seriously, so much so that in, in Husk, um, when he first started it, he wouldn't use balsamic vinegar because it's from Italy. Yeah. You know, which is rad, right? Mm-hmm. And he's eating with Anthony Bourdain at Waffle House. Well, and that was, I was going to mention him because he basically... <laughs> like, did he get the Waffle House little cap? <laughs> cap. The Apparently, cap. you can only get them in the physical location. You can't order them online. Well, this... this so um, I was told. I analog, don't know if that's true or not. Analog. Yeah. Yeah, you got to go in. <laughs> you have to actually visit. Yeah. You don't need to bring your testicles or anything, but yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> the, but you might need to eat a waffle or two. The first person I think of when when you talk about bridging this gap because it it is a fairly um, universal thing that uh, not just food because everybody eats, but everybody enjoys eating, and every culture absolutely has kind of this thing. And I think that was the bridge that Anthony Bourdain's show was kind of under the guise of, like. 
you'd call him a chef and yeah, he's, but really what he's doing is he's an ambassador for culture and he's kind of a philanthropist in the sense that he allows you into a world that you don't deserve to be. And he gets to experience that. And one of the things that I think not a lot of people notice is that he's an extremely, well, they'll notice that he's absolutely an acclaimed chef, but that his taste for food isn't this uh, highline bourgeois, totally. like it has to happen at a like five-star fucking restaurant. His, and th- th- this is the good part of food, like you can go into somebody's home in a poor country and taste the best thing that you've ever had because oh, food absolutely. is not reserved for those of just wealth. Like good taste comes from the ground up. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we been, have you been traveling? This mm-hmm. is like the classic story. Like I was um, in my early twenties, I was living in Hong Kong and we ended up going into mainland China to an area called Yangshuo, which is really famous for its limestone sport climbing. But we are just there on vacation and we're like riding scooters through the rice fields and the, the farms and all this stuff. And we stop at this shack, the sun sets, and then we're eating this soup, which who even knows by like one light that's like flickering on and off. And it's the most balanced, like spicy, mm-hmm. amazing experience of getting 25 mosquitoes keto bites on my legs that I've ever had in my life. (laughs) Like, you know, we all have stories like that or like, or we should. Yeah. Fair enough. Or how about, how about something we do have, right? Where it's like, you know, it's, it's grandma or moms or friends that you went to their house, like meatloaf or cherry pie or what, you know, I don't want to, I'm an American. So that's my context, Mm -hmm. but that's true for everyone, even for, you know, yeah, and I mean, there's obviously this. Uh, if this is the thing that we have to generally separate from people, or at least try to understand, because there is no separating emotion from food experiences. Totally, uh, because they're generally tied to relationship experiences, and that is the excuse under which we um, want to interact with people, because we are not courageous enough to go, "Hey, will you sit across the room from me and talk to me and look me in the eyes?" Instead, we're like, "Would you like to grab some food? I'm hungry." Or, you know, hey, I really want to try to listen to what you're saying. Let's go to this bar that plays way too loud of music. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And I I think that's true. So the emotional response that we get from food is really interesting. And I I, I mean, uh, the food and drink thing is not American. Yeah, it's no, specifically not American. We're totally mm-hmm. hindered by the our past, our prohibition past, mm-hmm. which brings up kind of like a funny little tangent of why like I hate speakeasies. <laughs> Please do tell. And this is like neither here nor there, and I'm sure there's going to be all kinds of like you're wrong, blah blah blah, blah feedback. Blah. Just so you know, I'm um, fairly well equipped at handling people that criticize. Yeah, no, that's all fair. But also, also, now, any speakeasy that exists in the United States, that's, it's fake. Mm -hmm. Well, that's... Right? It's just... Exactly. It's it's like, no, this is the little play we put on every Friday and Saturday night. You got to go and look at the thing and nobody knows where it is. And that's to keep the fucking cops out. Yeah. Like, that doesn't happen, really. So, like, on the... Probably in some... On the one hand, right... There was a unique bar culture yeah. that evolved during Prohibition, and I'm not a historian. I'm not a specialist on this. I've just been in these bars it long was, enough. But wait, it was, like, think about it. That culture? It was called Montreal, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was called um, the Cuba. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you know, 
there's a specific bar culture and it's hidden and it's mysterious and it's prohibition. Sure. But on the other hand, if you want to like be more critical, why are we glorifying this time in American history where the quote unquote conservatives when drugs are won? Bad. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like drugs are bad. This yeah. is your brain on drugs. Exactly. You know? so you're like, why are we glorifying this? Yeah. You know? So it's like, it is part of our history, but, but, but we aren't We're what, what is being glorified with the fake speak easy is the anti-authoritarian nature come into the secret place to drink, you know, in defiance of establishment slash authority. Yeah. I think that's what's being celebrated, yeah. not the, not the actual totally the era. I think it's yeah. the the spirit of the outlaw or whatever. Yeah, and I have friends that own speakeasies, and like you know, I, I go to them. I'll totally go to them and what have you. But there's just kind of like the 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 cynic in me yeah. that kind of is just like. Yeah, really? Like, you know, but... Really? I got to wear wingtips? I, yeah. oh, I went to the speakeasy. <laughs> totally. What's it called? The one in London that you go through the refrigerator door. Oh. Fuck. No. There's so many. I have no idea. The, uh, this one's fairly... I guess it's faint. I mean, I wouldn't have been there unless it was pretty easy to fucking find. <laughs> 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 exactly. You're like, a path of least resistance yeah, to alcohol. It was like, like, where is yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, we went to Sushi Samba in London, which is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, and then we were walking around. It's right around that. I can't remember what it's called, but we were there for, I don't know, less than 10 minutes because it was like, yep, I get it. Totally. I get the whole, like, it's cool. It's, you know, it's like a fake American diner. And then if you wait long enough, they'll like open the refrigerator door and you like go into this really shitty small space because it's London and they don't really have big places. Yeah, no, like, (laughs) like Tokyo, you know, like there's, there's places in Tokyo and this is, this is kind of an argument for it where like there's, um, I believe it's Lamp Bar in Tokyo, which is one of the most highly awarded bars like in the world. And there's three speakeasies back to back to back. So you walk in and like you're like okay this is the bar and you get in through the secret door and then you walk to one wall and you pull on a suitcase and, and another, another door opens yeah. and then you walk through it again and you're like this is a bar and then you pull on something else and another door opens up right. reductio you know? absurdum yeah <laughs> but it's like the thing that I appreciate about it even though I'm like critical of it right is the attention to detail to provide a particular experience yeah. Which is not, which is, you know, I mean, it kind of reminds me of like when I, because I don't do big alpine climbs, but like when I read about that stuff or like when you're doing something, you know, to bring it full circle, you have to like pay attention to the details in whatever you're doing. Yes. Because it has to be genuine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In order to deliver an experience, it has to be authentic. For sure. So if you're mimicking an experience or you're actually, they they can't be um, different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah interesting and so it's like it's cool to see that like i i work at i'm i'm leaving a bar right now that has the most amazing like marketing uh or i'm sorry not marketing but like um concept that is tied from from head to toe from entrance to exit is consistent and incredible and my the owner and the manager there just made this amazing experience that's very unique that's super fun and you know has a variation from like beers and shots and like hidden specials to like this crazy classic cocktail menu and then also these like rare spirits where we have a 93 old, 93 dollar old fashioned that has an 18 18 year old rye on it mm. 
which is rad. That's a great experience. People are like, oh, it's too expensive. And when people say that, they're really just buying into the American addiction to money and business yeah. as opposed to understanding. Um, experience costs. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That there's unique experiences that yep. these things like only happen once because these bottles are no longer in existence. My, um, well, started out with dipping my toes in the shallow end, but then getting like wrapped up in kind of a straight jacket and thrown into the deep end of the, um, the, the high end whiskey bar thing, uh, that was called bull in a China shop. I think it's in shortage. Mm. I'm not sure if it still exists anymore, but anyway, um, got, uh, invited to go there. Um, and you know, uh, I was having to be with Jason. He's really good friends with Christian, the owner of that place. And that, I mean, he's, you know, going to the safe and pulling stuff out because it's like, yeah, th- these are the early bottles of one of these Japanese whiskeys or this mm-hmm. or that, or there's mm-hmm. the, the four Norse gods of Loki and Thor. And, you know, and that's, I think that was the Ardbeg sort of th- mm-hmm. presentation. And then the bottles are super or- and scarcity uh, has an influence on one's the experience that one is having. Absolutely. And it seems like I mean, in that case, memories are obscure. <laughs> memories, are, <laughs> memories are scarce. Exactly. Happily, I have some photographs. I was like, there's this one <laughs> Japanese whiskey that... And then, be, thank God my phone shows me the images in chronological order because yeah. I can Otherwise, remember. it's like left field. Who exactly, knows which, what's happening? Drunk history. Drunk, yeah. Drunk history. That, but but just the, the, that, the fact of it being th- something being so scarce that you realize like I am going to be one of, you know, if there's 30 shots or whatever in this, yeah you know, I am going to be one of 30 people in this somewhere here that to, to have tasted yeah. the nectar of this thing. And some, you know, and obviously there's like a false, false scarcity that can be created and that sort of thing. But if it's, if it's genuine and the story and the history of that particular bottle is presented by the, you know, much as you have done, you know, here, but, and, and in that atmosphere, then all of a sudden, then it starts to feel more, I think you don't feel like, I didn't feel like I was participating in some LARPing thing. Yeah. yeah you know, absolutely. it was like, okay, this is actually real. And Christian has taken this shit super serious. Mm-hmm. Which is so, it's such a, to me, it's such a privilege to be able to experience something like that. That yeah. like just fills me with like so much gratitude and like so much joy that like I have the opportunity to partake of this like rare experience or like, you know, in the rare moment where I have like a couple extra dollars in my pocket. Um, I'll ne- like, I'll never forget um, sitting at my friend's bar in Boulder and drinking um, this Taiwanese whiskey that was aged in sherry barrels. And it was dark, dark brown and just like sitting there and like being like, okay, this is, this is a $30 glass of whiskey. And that's, that's, that's high for me. You know, like people do that every night and that's fine. And I'd love that. This is unique for me. And like my, my girlfriend at the time was like, Hey, just do it. Like, come on. Like, like, it's okay. You know, live like you little. live for these. Yeah, exactly. Live <laughs> a little. And then buy me that fucking Fendi purse. That yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me live a little. <laughs> You're like, yeah, no problem. Uh, but sitting there and the flavors and especially like when you have, like for me, it just comes in this context, but those types of spirits, those types of wine, those types of beers, like that type of food, the flavors and the profiles are so clear. They evoke this memory that is, um, Mm -hmm. 
so highly unique that you will never forget that. Like when I ate yeah. in Hong Kong at one of the top 50 restaurants in Asia, I can think about it right now and start salivating the tempura crunch on the asparagus. I'm like right there, like boom, because it's so specific and so incredible and, well done. and wow. so well done that I'm like, it's boom right there. Yeah. And that's, uh, this is kind of the funny thing. Um, we ate it cut in London, uh, for like a wrap party. And it's like, um, the Kobe ribeye that I got was 370 pounds. And I like, like, was it worth it? And I'll tell everybody the fact that you're asking and the fact that I remember exactly will let you know that it was, um, was it my favorite ever? Probably not. Um, but the experience and like the the thing around it is totally memorable. I remember every drink that I had, yep. old fashioned, prepared very well. Like all the side dishes, the the all the accoutrement, and there was like some negative emotions going on with it that are also just as memorable. But it's around kind of maybe that is a reflection of what the meat tastes like to me because of my experience that was going on in life. Absolutely, it was overrated overpriced and people were paying attention to the wrong piece of meat <laughs> which piece of meat should they have paying attention to <laughs> it's oh yeah i mean they're both oh, dangling off a hook man. so it doesn't really matter but yeah. i mean the experience when you talk about tapping into an experience like that it's it's shocking how visceral it is like when you remember yeah. a date and it's a time at a restaurant wild. with people and i i think like I, our culture in America has kind of ruined it because when we repress something, it spills out the sides. And then when we try to compensate for it, it like overindulges. You can't clean water up off the counter. <laughs> to continue with the analogy, yeah, you no, know, it's really like good. now if, sco if scotch spills like that, I lick it off the counter, but that's yeah. another story. Right, right, right. Yeah. Get my straw out. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Um, how do you feel like because you I've worked at bars before, but you probably have bridged the gap between like, you know, low end drinking bars and party culture into what you are now mm -hmm. seems like you've reached, which is a pinnacle of experiences. Have you like how do you look at alcohol and repression and society and like how do you view it as, as somebody who's very well informed on what the experience of alcohol could be and probably somebody who is also just as aware of how bad it could be? Like, how do you, how do you talk about that or, or fathom that both those worlds coincide? Yeah. Um, I need to use the restroom. Yeah. Go okay, for cool. it. I'll be yeah. Yeah. Me um, and Mark. I've, I've definitely thought about this, you know, and experienced it like borderline ad nauseum. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess with you, I'm just thinking like a 24 pack of PBR is, is not that spiritual. I'll close it. Ah, they closed it. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and talk. I'll, I'll listen to you. Um, I think he said bullshit <laughs> saying that a 24 pack of PBR might be, I suppose that's, a, you know, that would depend whether the Broncos were playing or not, but I, I, and how they were doing, but I am marveling at the cleanliness mm. of this, uh, this scotch. It's astounding actually like yeah. i i really like whiskey and i don't drink anymore and tasting that for the first time i was like i don't have a whiskey that tastes like that that's phenomenal yeah i'm really shocked actually i don't think i've ever had a whiskey that's quite tasted like i mean i've had a you know whatever a different ones but this is and plus the fact that it was sitting in the back of the 
van all night probably yeah so it's like a bit chilled yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um there's there's something there's something lingering in my mouth right now this taste that is really really nice i just mixed it a little bit with coffee and uh-huh. it's fucking phenomenal uh, i understand okay. exactly why the irish do that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just gave me gave me a sense of like oh yeah that makes more sense yeah <laughs> We were just commenting on the the taste of the whiskey and how it's actually phenomenal. It's so, and this is their this is their every day. Yeah, yeah, this, for sure. You know, yeah. if you see if, like the Islay barley, it'll have a um, it'll have a date a, a year associated with okay. it. Okay, um, definitely pick that one up. It's awesome. Um, but so um, back to your question, mm-hmm. Michael, about I am by no means like a professional on this experience. I know people have been to the, like, but you've spent time observing. Absolutely. And I think yeah. That's almost for sure. It's, it's almost more like important. saying, what do you think about human nature yeah, in, exactly. the, in the window that you view it? Um, just to speak from my own experience of, you know, coming home and, you know, vomiting into the toilet and falling asleep on the toilet while some, my friend partner holds my hair back right? you know what I mean? <laughs> to then like going to like, you know, the one top 50 restaurant that I've been to or working in these like amazing restaurants in Colorado. Um, just only say that just cause that's where I live currently is for me, you know, having an entire flavor profile chart borderline memorized in my head. Mm -hmm. And then when I go out, I drink, I like walk up to the bar. I'm like, cool, cheapest beer, cheapest whiskey. Mm. Boom. Done. Because there is an equal value in the experience there Mm -hmm. for me. Um, but it's, it's different, you know, and I have, for me, I have different, like, kind of like modes that I go into where it's like, okay, this is something where I very much need to pay attention where you're at like a hard part on like a bike ride, or you're at the crux of a rock climb. And you're like, if I don't focus a hundred percent right now, yeah, I will miss something that will be invaluable. But then with the beers and shots, there's almost a time where you're like, I came here to have a beer and a shot so I can miss things. (laughs) (laughs) So you're saying that you can be a connoisseur and a consumer and that both are different experiences. I mean, why do they have to be opposed? You know what I mean? In well, a sense. Because most people use that as their identity, as like a shorthand for their identity. Oh, I'm the guy that gets blitzed and I'm the guy that does this. This is my behavior and this is how right, I right. treat I'm the a, thing. I'm the, or I only drink the finest wine and top shelf, yeah, blah, blah, sure. blah, blah, blah. And that is my, you know, proverbial ascot to fuck, tell the world what I am. Yeah. And instead, you're saying that in between both of those are unimportant that the underlining experience it could be had by anybody that just takes time to realize that they're separate. You know, it's like you're talking about going to these amazing restaurants in London, mm-hmm. you know, but I always tell people that my favorite alcohol is when I get done with an Alpine climb and I crack that beer yeah. and mm-hmm. I sit in my car with my partner mm-hmm. who I did the climb with and we cheers. Yep. Or like, I'll never forget when we drank corn whiskey in Indian Creek after a long day with the smoke in our faces, yeah. you know, from the campfire yeah. and the dogs running around at our feet, 20, $20 bottle of corn whiskey. Yeah. I, and I would say my favorite food is like the bone broth that Aaron makes from scratch after we're like starving and we go do something. Yeah, in the that's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what I sort of identified there was the difference between, I mean, consciously turning on awareness and focus 
and equally as consciously turning it off. Mm. Not not just inattention due to laziness. No, yeah. But yeah. a conscious choice mm. to recognize like I don't need to be completely present right now, nor no. do I want to be. And therefore, you know, and why would if if my objective is inattention, why would I pay more? Totally. <laughs> you know, in, in the sense that I'm not going to uh, necessarily go for the, you know, the, the top shelf, the mid shelf, the lower shelf. I'm like, does it come out of a faucet? <laughs> <laughs> and if so, uh, that's where I'm at mm. right you know? now, especially in certain places. I was actually going to ask, there's, there used to be, um, and this is maybe a long time before your time, but in Boulder, there was a place, and I want to say West End of Pearl Street, downstairs, Sundowner, Sunsetter. Oh, yeah, the Sundown sun, Saloon. Sundown yeah. Saloon. So, like, that's where often nights of inattention ended up Oh, when I lived there. Many of mine, in fact. <laughs> okay. Funny, I have more than a few stories. So, okay. yeah, absolutely. So, uh, hopefully it still exists because... Absolutely. That... Alive and thriving with the college crowd. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> good. Because if, if you can get a Reuben at the sink still and mm -hmm. then you can. end up at that place sometime... Seven or eight hours later. <laughs> Three or four stops in between, usually. In between, yeah. Which were not memorable because it started with a Reuben and ended with PBRs at, you know. The whatever. downer. Yeah. yeah. Do you know why PBR is important for the downer? I don't. This is funny. Um, so the downer actually makes a lot of lists for the top dive bars in the country. Okay. So the amount of PBR that you sell is directly related to your Pappy Van Winkle allocation. So the interesting thing about the downer is I'm working at a restaurant, a uh, finer dining, farm table restaurant, yeah. a couple blocks down from the downer in Boulder, Colorado. I have a regular of mine, um, amazing dude. Um, the work. rumor was that he invented push notifications. Okay. <laughs> It's okay. Yeah. Welcome to Boulder. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, kind of yeah. thing. You know the story, Mark. <laughs> sure. It's yeah. like, yeah. you're like, are you kidding me? So I get off on a Monday, lunch shift, and it's Mystery Beer Monday at the Downer. So I'm walking down Pearl Street and I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? And I'm see my regular, you know? And he's, I was like, he's like, where are you going? I was like, going to the Downer for Mystery Beer Monday. And he's like, he's like, oh, cool. You mind if I join you? I'm like, yeah, let's go and drink some beer, hang out. You know, he's one of those regulars where you're like, I want to sit on the same side of the bar as you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like awesome. Like the best dude. And so we sit there and he's like, he's like, yeah, cool. You want to drink some whiskey? I was like, yeah, sure. And he tells the bartender, our friend, Matt, who's the manager. Uh, he goes, Hey, can you bring the Pappy 12 and 10 out? <laughs> so literally we're sitting there and it's like Olympia paps. Happy 10, 12, George Stagg, junior and senior. <laughs> I don't remember how I got home. <laughs> wow. Jesus Christ. At the downer. So maybe that is the answer. You know, that story is kind of the answer to your question, Michael. Like mm. as far as like, you know, you're sitting there and you're like, you know, yeah, absolute blue ribbon can be a spiritual experience. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, it's not that I don't think that it can. It's usually like, I mean, I've separated from the culture of it and you're in it 
And so Fair you enough. have a very different eye about how you look at it. And I, I'll admit that mine is like ignorant because when I hear about people's behavior, I go, oh, it's human behavior and it's gross to me. Totally. But, so, I, I, so I think there's a, there's a, a, a thing like you, you know, okay, the, this drink, this behavior, mm-hmm. and then from the outside, you kind of sort of associate the two mm-hmm. things. For like, sure. Oh, that's, yeah, that is the guy that puked everywhere in the bathroom and didn't clean it up, you know, or sometimes, or, yeah, you know, whatever. But, but, um, but I think the obs- the, the, there, you, you identify the thing. There's a difference between being in it and then being out of it and looking mm-hmm. at it. Absolutely. Yeah, and sure. it's super easy to tie sort of the behavior and blame the product that you associate with the behavior. As opposed to understanding that you are the active party. You are in that. well yeah. you are the product. Like yeah. I mean people consciously chose to buy those shoes that look like feet. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say right? consciously chose to buy the stripper heels <laughs> that have Billy Idol doll heads in them. Exactly. Not doll heads, full figurines, oh, yeah, so right, they were right. tall. Those were some <laughs> tall-ass platforms. And if we can just get some of those made with, you know, I want to be on the left. Well, and th- but this is uh, like, like with little I would say nonprofit that, action figures inside those <laughs> fucking a clear sure. acrylic platforms. Yeah, idea. Uh, alcohol is my least favorite drug. Fair enough. Absolutely. For, for me, uh, only because the utility of which I went and found it for me. And I was mm. like, it's not that useful for me. The flavor, like some of the stuff, like I really like a good whiskey. I really enjoy a good like stout or a strong Belgian ale. Of course. There's certain things and there's certain wines that I really, I love Malbecs with a steak like that, that combination for me. And I love cooking with wine. So any kind of scampi that has a white wine thrown into it. Absolutely. Like, all of these things make sense to me. I would agree with you, except for the fact that it just tastes so good. <laughs> It does. No, I agree with you. Some of the stuff tastes really good. Um, I always got caught up on the, on the like Jack and Coke thing. Yeah, right? for like, sure. For sure. Wait a second. Do you not like whiskey? Why are you masking it with Coke? Like, wh- and no, I get it. It's the way to get it down. Because I think Jack is terrible. It's, but uh, yeah, I, I can't ever say that alcohol is bad. <laughs> How about Albertson's so triple okay. triple filtered vodka? I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> then I like I like, like the, that is a true connoisseur. Actually, is somebody where there is no end point to the appreciation of. Right? Yeah. I feel like I'm there. You know, where it's like we're we were making jokes at the bar the other night about starting a starting a pop up, and I kind of got in on the tail end of this. I didn't make this joke up, um, but where all it is is one and ones. So it's Jack and Coke's gin and tonics, but it's the best combination because here's the thing mm-hmm. about that is actually a one and one for it to taste good and not be take the Jack and Coke. Yeah. Not to taste too much Coke, but not to do only whiskey. Mm-hmm. How do you make that perfect with so little and so few? Because there's a reason and not necessarily a good one that it's so popular. What do you think that is? It's easy, but it's also, but it's, it's simple, but there's also an aspect of genius to it. It's why a Big Mac is popular. Yeah. 
But it's but the thing is, is with the pickles, with the sauce, mm-hmm. with the meat, with the cheese, with the different textures that are associated. No, it's the it's the spare no sided bun that's in between the two Seriously, patties though. that makes the Big Mac. Yeah, isn't it? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's like the only thing that makes a difference. It's like you put a little more bread in between the meat, and yeah. suddenly, yeah. and now no one realizes that the meat isn't that good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Smother that shit in Thousand Island. But that's, you know, from my perspective, it's like it's a balance. Yeah, the rendezvous. Well, want, things that are, things that appear simple and basic and under. I mean, the double's a bit harsh. Not not scared, Mark. Okay. <laughs> do you really? I mean, do you like? Effective. Do you like High West? So I I didn't really know what to think about High West. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do is, know their story now. I do okay. actually, and so about three years ago. Mm-hmm. I was in another competition, bartending competition called World Class, which is one of the best bartending competitions in the in the world. It's put on by the largest um, like spirits producer in the world. They're worth seven billion dollars, mm. and I was they they paid for me to come to um, our bartenders guild conference here in Salt Lake City four years ago. Okay. It's a strange place to have it, but also makes total sense. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and at this conference, I actually got to hear the um, owner of High West speak. Mm. And if it wasn't like, is one of those things where I remember it so clearly because he was so down to earth and so pointed mm-hmm. and so incredible um, at what he was talking about, that it was just mind blowing. If that was th- three or four, that's three years ago. Yeah, three and a half, four years ago. If so, that would have been around the time that they had finally finished their first tenure barrel. Yeah, I mean, I think the conversation was more related to them being a blending house. Yeah. Okay. Right, because that's really how they made their name, mm-hmm. and I know they had their vodka on the market for a couple of years, yep. which we all know vodka pays the bills. <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> I mean, you guys haven't heard that. Well, <laughs> I uh, I resemble that remark yeah. actually because <laughs> some, of my, some of my best writing, yeah, got got vodka gotten written yeah. in vodka. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Or um, fueled by vodka, written in blood. You know, if you want to be a little more serious about it. But, um, but just kind of the seriousness and also the jovialness of this gentleman and how he talked about High West and how he's just trying to make a good product. Mm-hmm. And I learned later that actually being a blending house is one of the oldest traditions for spirits in the world. Okay. So in Scotland, um, and once again, like disclaimer, I just know what I've picked up. I'm kind of like a dog picking up fleas. I have all these different educations, you know, what have you. And um, <laughs> Do some of the Mitch. No, here, Mark, do some more of this. Just get after it. Come on. That bottle's full, dude. That's wrong. I, it's yeah, like a sin. But... I know. Just in your arm, right? It's hard. But I'm still, I'm still, I can still taste. So there we go. So I don't need to go to the other one. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, But in Scotland, what um, the the short story of kind of the history is that you have the producers and the merchants. Mm -hmm. And the producers would make these, make these spirits. Right. And be, but because they're like, a lot of times they're farmers. Wait, isn't that the way it always is? It, got, it is, it is. You got producers <laughs> and you got fucking salespeople and then you have the scourge of the human race, the marketers. <laughs> the marketers, yeah. exactly. <laughs> anyway, adversarial um, at all. No, you know. <laughs> absolutely. But 
the interesting thing was that the merchants would get a variety of scotches from variety of producers and okay. some good, some bad. And yeah. because they're faced with the, the like people. Like we got to figure, we got to get rid of the bad stuff somehow. Yeah. Well, we got to figure out. And so they actually started blending. Yeah. And so Johnny, this is actually how Johnny Walker was invented yeah. as a scotch, which is really cool, cool because it's the only plate, only whiskey you can get outside of Jack Daniels and Gordon's gin anywhere in the world. True. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Walker blues. I, yeah. I, I was just about to say, I've been to some, some places that don't serve alcohol and on account of like local religious stuff. And, Johnny Walker is available with a permit. <laughs> Absolutely. Like it's, it's wild. And so you have like this juxtaposition where the merchants would then start blending mm. these spirits and then selling them and, and making them good. Right. Mm -hmm. So then in America, we want to say, oh, because you didn't make it from scratch yourself and you didn't put it together, it's no good, which is not the case at all historically because cognac blends. Yeah. Right. Like people who make any spirits, they always blend things, yeah. right, to make them better. And so when I learned that, I had even more appreciation um, for High West. But the the disclaimer there is that you want them to admit that they're a blender. Yes. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, because there's a couple of spirits that have come up in the last ten years that have a false narrative, and it's because they don't they don't admit that they're a blender, that they don't admit that they buy all of their whiskey from Indiana. Buffalo Trace? Definitely not. Bullet. So one of the only... <laughs> no, no, I mean that they're buying Buffalo Trace and then blending it. No, so there's... um, I can't remember the name of it. I should. I just kind of like checked out. But there's a industrial distillery in Indiana. That supplies a lot exactly. of... Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah, you, yeah, Mark. Yeah, 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 exactly. Absolutely. And people buy it and then blend it. Yeah. Buffalo Trace is funny because it was one of two distilleries yeah. that actually didn't shut down during Prohibition. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, um, I do know that they're, I mean, fuck, I'm trying to. Because you had to keep know, Congress I'll that, lit. I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get, I'll, I'll get the statistic wrong, but that makes sense, actually. Uh, and how did they pull that off? It's medicinal. Ah. That's how, that's the loophole there. Yeah. You know? It's um, fascinating. It's because we're all terminal and this is the only way to fucking deal with it. <laughs> 100%. Because <laughs> it's just, or it's it might not be your way. favorite, but it's the most easily accessible. It's, it's prohibited, <laughs> so you got to give me something and, like... And maybe that's why I kind of have like, I don't even call it resentment for it because it is so readily available and yeah, abusable. Totally. And I think it's the least useful of drugs that would illuminate something. Yeah, absolutely. And so when but I was if, like, but if alcohol I mean, is prohibited, can we smoke opium? We should be able to. I, I fully, I mean, is that 100% believe <laughs> in unfettered drug access? I totally agree. Maybe yeah. regulated if it makes yeah, sense. Sure. Um, just to make sure that the substances are safe. Yeah. As in they're not convoluted with other things. But uh, uh, this argument comes up. Oh, okay. Heroin's like legal. You're okay with that. And I was like, yeah, Let's say 7-Eleven has it right now. Are you going to go do it? No, because you fucking know better. There's no inclination to go do it. But if it is regulated and they do have it available at 7-Eleven, well, guess what? You at least know that it's fucking heroin. Exactly. <laughs> 100%. You know? And it's it's this kind of like picking and choosing of mm -hmm. this regulation that is really the problem. But there's also a problem, I would say, with just how humans choose or don't choose to do these things. It's arbitrary distinctions of one human telling another human totally. what he can and cannot do, which is what I am 
will always be opposed to. Yeah. It's like if any idea comes down to this person said you can't do it, my first inclination is to do the thing that person said that I couldn't. I mean, that's how records are broken. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how, you know. It's how progress is made, no matter what 100%. the subject. It that's doesn't, how teenage exactly. boys become men. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think that goes towards the, is that the... Uh, no means yes and yes means anal. Exactly. <laughs> You're like, okay, here we go. That's not where I was okay. going. But. <laughs> I totally misread that then. Like, I thought it was a comment on that Gillette commercial. <laughs> no, no, no. Shit, I, I told go. you not to swim out into the ocean. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I said keep going until you can't. <laughs> Wait. Refer- Fuck it. You might make it. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot escape from Alcatraz. Yeah. He's like, oh, ah. <laughs> dude, yeah, Kurt, you can't stop him. Kurt Russell escaping. Oh, from he's escaped no from way. anything. He escapes yeah. from anything. Well, now, LA, Snake Plissken. <laughs> now he can get out of anything. Kurt Russell. Uh, Overboard it. was a fantastic movie. I'm just going to say that <laughs> flat out is one of the most underrated movies and of the didn't he, early 90s. Didn't he win the 80s Action Hero Challenge? Running for president? Didn't, I think didn't, so. Didn't we yeah. like nominate Kurt Russell as in being which case the most likely to actually win? We didn't explain the rules clearly, but whatever action star is actually winning that, you have to then go back and make every movie that they've ever made available for other awards that they didn't win. Because it's the greatest of all time. Right, because you have to take in... Every leader is the greatest and nobody has ever... You have to take in the full corpus. It's fantastic. It's going to be the best. It's the best movie. It's the best. (laughs) I mean, is now the time to say yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers? (laughs) (laughs) No, but if you did see Big Trouble in Little China, fucking hell, man. Give me the knife. (laughs) Oh, so good. All of those so shows good. are so good. Kurt, he really is. I mean, was that the inspiration from Raiden in Mortal Kombat or was it vice versa? Oh, I don't know. I'm, I don't, I don't video game at all because that's, that's a heroine I won't touch. Do you remember so. that show? The, the show? Big Trouble in Little China? I, I'm having trouble i'm like i believe i'm confused with showdown in little tokyo or something like that like <laughs> it's probably see, the same you, thing you, you i'll look said same i'll look same little to- and i'm just thinking oh you mean like dolph lundgren dolph lundgren and brandon lee that one no but that's a diff that so is totally different that's is yeah. totally different yeah i forgot what that one was <laughs> but no um Fuck. And then I just mixed it up. You're right. I mixed it up with two movies. The the Give Me the Knife is the Golden Child. That's with Eddie Murphy. But they're very similar <laughs> in the fact See, they were... Now, he might be someone who could be classified as an 80s action star as well. Do you know what I just did right there? I no, just, I took okay. the opportunity of somebody screaming angrily in the into the yeah. keyboard. Like, you're talking about Golden Child, not Big Trouble in Little yeah. China. I'm you sorry. Just, I'm you, sorry. You just stole that opportunity. I know. I corrected to, myself, and that really is what makes people angry. Yeah, as if they if you don't leave an opening the for them to correct you, then <laughs> well, they both had then to their do, existence is meaningless. Now I forgot. Now <laughs> I have to go back and watch Big Trouble in Little China because I had it had to do with saving a little kid, and there's some like kung fu action, and then there's obviously an American who doesn't put up with that shit. That would be Kurt Russell. That would be Kurt Russell. <laughs> <laughs> Who, for some reason, has jeans and a thigh holster with a pistol, which, you know, that's awesome. It's incredible. Uh, you know, like, 
Uh, These little uh, details, right? Yeah. We're any, talking about the details. Any like special ops guy that I see a picture of doing real work is yeah. usually like, yeah, they bit Kurt Russell's style. Like it, <laughs> like that company, <laughs> yeah, that like company five ten that ripped off the climbing grade <laughs> and now it's like <laughs> hashtag tactical. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Shit like that. And that, oh, yeah, Jesus. In that sense, it's like. You know, the kind of mullety hair, scruffy features, jeans, but a fuck you attitude. No, That's it's, Kurt not even, it's not even. No, 510s for everyone. <laughs> Those are shoes. 5'11". Oh, oh, that's the tactical are the, company. Are the pants. Right, because not everyone stuff. can climb 5'11". No, not. Right? Even on your first day in the gym, you might not be able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it used to be man. a big deal. It did used to be a big deal. That, my dad was very proud of me of the first 5'11 climb I did. That was oh, like, that's awesome. That was like a gold standard. And I've never made my dad proud for anything. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially this podcast where I talk shit about him endlessly. In the s- Steve. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like white girling so hard on the podcast, yeah. like hashtag daddy issues. Right? Well, it, well, actually, so this is actually an interesting point. Um, this came up. This came up because you look at what, okay. So why do people have mommy issues? You know, generally they're looking for validation from a female figure. So it'd be, you know, daddy issues would be the same, correct? Um, I got no. This is male vindication of you know worthiness. I yeah, guess that right, it is right. totally. But I don't think I have them necessarily. I've looked at it like, do I have daddy issues? Yeah, I was like, well, I don't have a pink mohawk, so that's the first sign that I'm good. But I did. <laughs> <laughs> but you were a hair you were a hairdresser, so what is that for say? sure? <laughs> I did at one point have blonde dreadlocks. Um, oh, that must have been something. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Do you know what I did it? Can I, we post that in the show notes, the yeah. picture? Sorry. I grew it. I have a better one <laughs> yeah. for the show notes. It's Somebody, already there. Yeah. My friend just, Alondra <laughs> just sent me a picture. I was on a poster for go-go dancing at a Spanish... <laughs> I'm not joking. This shit is real. I was go-go dancing, and I was on the cover of this poster, and she sent it to me, and just like like cry emoji and i was like those are tears of pain (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah yeah we need to we need to check this out um but so god it was too easy to pull up man (laughs) parental (laughs) right there oh shit son <laughs> I'm dead serious. It's uh, no, it's just like what it is is it's the goth armbands that are just like yeah, totally like doing it for me. You fit the like fishnets, fish bro. Dude. Oh, just making me so happy right there because like goth is like the new so, thing right now. I'm just like laughing. I'm like I, really. Oh, there we go. My word. <laughs> People are gonna be so pissed. We don't have show notes. I'm just like, I'll post that. Why not? It's so good. Who's that girl on the right? I have no idea. That might, um, that might be. This Friday, I got something for you girls and guys. <laughs> also in Spanish. <laughs> I don't discriminate. 404 South West Temple Street. Um, it's called Bliss Nightlife. It's a private club for members or was. I'm oh. guessing it's not open, but you can call George or Jorge, Jorge. <laughs> uh, for res- VIP reservations. Um, God damn. You got two floors. There's a main floor. There's DJ Dow playing top 40 in hip hop. And then DJ Frank on the dance floor playing the best <laughs> Latin music. 
Well, they forgot to mention the floor uh, that I would piss on things in it, because they didn't really have a clean bathroom, so I'd just go in the corner. Oh. Well, that's less exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Picture, and it did uh, happen. Wow. Who is that? I don't I think that I don't know that girl. No, I do. Uh I can't remember her name. Um, <laughs> I like I, this is like it's just getting more and more complicated. It kinda is. Huh? Yeah, Damn. Exactly. I've lived a full life. I guess so. And therefore I mean, maybe the fishnet says daddy issues. The fishnet, like the pull on it was but it wasn't there was like a fingerless glove that went up to the elbow. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. Sort of the totally. vibe? Yeah. yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. And it was yeah. it was kinda like this. Let's go fuck around and find costume shit and be ridiculous. Yep. I'm into that. Yeah. I, Whatever you got to do to get the attention, you know? It's like, I've been there. I get it. I get it. I understand. At a time where I didn't actually drink at all. Oh, crazy. And participated in no drugs whatsoever. But that's also the plea for attention. No, because I wasn't straight edge. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you weren't shouting it from the rooftops? No, because I made an, just an informed decision about what I thought was important. And I made the distinction that I will save the drugs for later. Right, right. Fair enough. Fair and enough. in fact, I did. <laughs> Boom. Done. That... Later is now. <laughs> <laughs> because you wouldn't want to wait until it's too late. Yeah, no, I need to still have some kind of physicality where I can actually go places and enjoy them. I mean, to be fair, can I get an amen? So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, in this podcast, we revealed that picture. The, so... Yeah. <laughs> Bam. Not that yeah, I'm Yeah, it's true. And it should be in the show. It's, it is making me wish for show notes. But not really. Not enough. This is too much work. No, yeah. I just put it in the story. I like temporary show notes. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Nice. Oh, you didn't see it? Yeah. Well, yeah, because that's kind of... Today, I posted a bunch of pictures from when me and Chris and James went on that hike to go with okay. the show. Yeah. They were cool pictures. And yeah. And he was filming on a Super 8 and doing crazy stuff, so... I, when it goes away, it goes away. But if you're paying attention, you can kind of see. You it can kind of see the. Yeah. The, the Not that anybody is, wants to see me on a poster. Temporally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> attention to detail. That's attention how, to detail. I wish I could whore myself out and be just as successful these days, but nobody really cares anymore. It worked back in the day. You just resolved all your daddy issues, so there's no intrigue. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a, that's a lot of this. It's like, wow, I'm just too because, and I've been kind of joking about this the last couple of years, although it's mm. not totally true now. But there was a point where I was just like, man, I'm too happy to write. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, <laughs> like, what am I gonna do? I'll make some pictures. I'll take photographs because that's harm like, yourself, you Mark. Oh, harm man, yourself. Seriously, I got to cut. <laughs> you gotta, I didn't say cut. Cigarette <laughs> burns are a thing too. <laughs> but then I got to pick up this habit of smoking again. again. That's fucking really irritating. And I always have a knife, so I think about <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, it's like there's it's that. the go-to, you know? it's, it's, and it is a skin. Seriously, knife. and car keys, you know, like they just they don't, tear. Yeah, you got to be. That's a different level. <laughs> that's a more of, aggressive self harm. Huh? Yeah, level up dedication. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or down depending on you know. What you associate that with, but there, there is, uh, you know, self-harm is a really interesting, I, the first time I was exposed to it, I was in high school and a friend of mine, I guess I probably shouldn't say her name. Um, she's a very pretty girl and we were really good friends and we'd hang out often and it, but it was a, like a platonic relationship and she was the first one, 
um, that she ever told you... me about her self harm. Oh, okay. And I, it was really hard for me to grasp. For was, sure. She showed me the marks on her arms and I was like, what are you doing? And she's like, well, when I cut myself, I can feel it. And I was like, huh? Like I feel it too, but it hurts and I don't want that. And then we tried to like, I, without it was like the first time that I was like non-judgmental trying to right. understand what this person yeah. was trying to accomplish and I really didn't get it until it did get it and I was like it makes total sense maybe we go about it in different ways yes I, for sure yes. but we're all doing the same thing we're all trying to feel deeply and in most cases we will hurt ourselves to do it Right, trying to find the end or the deepness or the depth or whatever. Because it's way easier to f to feel mm -hmm. that negative thing than it is to feel the positive thing. Or in 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 comparison to, if I feel deeply on the negative side, perhaps I'll have the opportunity to feel positively. On the feel other deeply side. on a, on the positive yeah. side. Yeah, that and that uh, that's a stretch. It is. I mean, in, in the sense of like dr drawing those two things together, I think exactly. that like, oh, if this, then, you know, if P, then Q, like, I don't think it. I think it's just more of a tragedy. I, I don't know if I'm like feeling too hard there or something, but just in that sense, you know, you're, you're kind of thinking like this person is, is trying, you know, like really mm -hmm. hard. And like you're saying, Mike, like you're like, mm -hmm. I'm empathizing with that. You mm -hmm. know, we all do it in some way where it's like, some dude doing like hookers and blow or mm -hmm. whatever, or somebody sure. like trying to like cut themselves or whatever, you know, we, we are full of feelings and feelings are important. People and, go in bouldering. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I mean, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no. And this is maybe this is the, cause I think about it quite often about like, man, I'm really just, um, a, kind of a combination of all my experiences and whatever, Whatever road was available, I probably would have taken it. And this sounds really ridiculous, but obviously we just looked at a poster of me dancing at a club. And that was really just like a question of, I wonder what that's like. Yeah. And I can do it, so I'm going to. And there's other things, but I, uh, I was listening to an interview today by this guy called Little Hands. And he's a, a male porn performer, which is hilarious. And Wait, he, Little? His name's Little Hands. H A N D, yeah, like 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 the fucking most ridiculous name you could ever think of. So small hands, small hands, yeah, or little hands means little, little, yeah, but it doesn't. Gloves. He's obviously a right. he's a porn star. Yeah, he's yeah. a porn star. And Therefore, kind of yeah. like a joke. And yeah. he was also so he talked about his experience. Like, how did you get into this? You listen to the Pornhub pod podcast yeah. again? Okay, yeah, for sure. It's a new one. It's my new because episode. actually, <laughs> as aforementioned. I can, therefore I will. Therefore I will. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, I think it's I think the Pornhub podcast is the greatest um uh, introspection of society today. I mean it's I totally agree with that because it's one of those things that's like we don't want to admit this in a sense, right? Because we're recovering from our conservative American mm -hmm. upbringing. But like at the same time, like look at the hits on the website. Well, it, and it has nothing. It, the funny part about that is like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's sponsored by that thing. What they talk about is they are free to talk about anything that they can because people yeah. already relegate them to the, you know, lowliest of society. Yeah. So therefore it, it, exactly, they can do by, no harm by nominating themselves. Yep. Mm -hmm. it, uh, it, you know, the, the sort of purveyors of a particular category or whatever, mm -hmm. just be, even the, like the name itself and the association with the, with, uh, 
you know, the topic of porn, but also like the largest internet porn site or whatever yeah. in the world. Um, you, yeah, you're, you're right. You're just, it's free. They're free. They're free yeah. to do whatever. No one will ever think really, less of them. Really. Therefore they can actually have the freedom to discuss issues that other people are afraid to. And they're not pretending to be anything other than exactly, exactly who. And so the, the obviously yeah. sexuality comes up and, and then they have like, but that is like the, just scratching the surface of why it's so interesting. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah, yeah. The the like the nitty gritty of porn is really kind of interesting until it's kind of not. And then you get into what is interesting about it, and we're like, well, you're talking about repression and sexuality and all these other uh, other topics. And so this guy, it, maybe it is small hands, not little hands. It might be small hands. Okay. I thought it was <laughs> whatever. The name small and hands. Yeah. Whatever is <laughs> nice guy. Nice guy. Nice guy. Sounds like a nice guy. Well, she's asking him, like, well, how'd you get into this? He's like, like, and what a stupid fucking name. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, I was so not going to do this that I was like, you know, on the first day filling out my paperwork and I put my real name on there, Aaron something. And they're like, no, 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 use a stage name. And he was like, well, I'm not going to come up. Like, he's like, I'm not the personality that's like big hung, big hung Doug, Douglas or whatever the fuck. Like, he's Just, like. Just go straight back to history of the world and say biggest dickus. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so he was like, "Man, I really don't want to like put the spotlight on me." And he's like, "So I'll make a comment." I, he literally has small hands, like Trump small hands. Okay. And he's like, "But he obviously has an enormous cock." <laughs> so he's so like, "I'll just." It's not obvious to me yet, but it yeah. will be later. Most when people I go, like, "Oh, small hands." They're not expecting boom. much, but yeah. then I can be impressive. And that was his thought in five seconds. When I, I like, put my hand, or my own hand around it, it looks huge. Yeah, Burger King hands. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no way, man. Rip off pants all day. Yeah. That, well, <laughs> That's the idea, but like the hamburger looks so big because the Burger King's hands are so, are so small. small. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's a bratwurst. Yeah, and this is what I say. I not a burger. I suffer. Because if it's shaped like a burger, no one's gonna. Oh yeah, no, no one's getting not. down with that. Well, no, there's probably a there's probably no, a there's small, a subset. Yeah, a sub, for sure. There's a group niche. for that for sure. Sub sub subculture. Exactly. I'm like I always, I like to always admit that I suffer. Um, from large legs. <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing to put things in perspective. Having a twenty-seven and a half inch thigh makes other things look great. Never. See, it's and, <laughs> you know, and I've I've probably said this before in one of our ninety-one episodes on this podcast because we host this motherfucking podcast <laughs> and we keep putting it out because we're consistent, we're committed, and we can't get off the train, but. <laughs> I do believe that I was admonishing somebody, a person that I actually have no small amount of hate for, um, about you know the body, his bodybuilding tendencies, and tr and trying to remind him that it's only gonna make the thing you want to make bigger look smaller. <laughs> it's, so stop. It's fantastic Dude, I, advice, though. It I really encourage is. you yeah. to lose weight. I mean, because the only way that thing's gonna look impressive in any way <laughs> is if you weigh about 140 right <laughs> because fitness is fucked because fitness is yeah fucked because oh, fitness <laughs> is about fucking like that uh, like oh yeah okay but that's a that's you just fucking gave it away man <laughs> That's the, the next symposium. Like, I didn't want to release symposium. the title of the next symposium until 
we were pretty convinced. It's just that a massive orgy. People show well, up, man. and it's unfettered sexual advances in every. I mean, somebody direction. told me to apply for a scholarship, but now it's <laughs> now it's a super weird thing. I'm just like, no. If you bring five gallons of Crisco, <laughs> you're fucking in. You're in. That's yeah. the new. You're and in. Don't and don't you, tuck, don't no, cut your testicles. We need those. Yeah. Yeah. So five gallons of Crisco, and you clean the mats afterwards. No, the kiddie pool. <laughs> it's free. Okay. Oh. Shit. oh, oh. <laughs> We're going to need a larger kiddie pool. <laughs> they make them. Walmart. Or, okay. And we got to call it something else. <laughs> Fitness is it, fucking. It, no, no. Inflatable uh, Crisco holding tank or something. like cause, Something better to market, you yeah. mean? So that the marketers can get their hands on it and then it, it, they can run. They can run with it. They yeah. can just be take free. off and just be like, all right, I, I need you to take this concept and just go Hunter S. Thompson on it for us. <laughs> Would you please? Exactly. exactly. Uh, which means he enjoy it with Chivas. Is that his drink? <laughs> I think, I think, I think, I don't, I think I, Hunter S. Thompson wasn't a bigot when it came to alcohol or, you no, know, no, or no, recreational no, no. things. Equal opportunity. Yeah. I'm trying to remember substance. the, the schedule, the reporter reporting oh his drinking schedule. Oh man. That I want to say it was Chivas. It was like, that's a ridiculous drink to go with. But all of me, that cocaine and all just, of that LSD. Hey, you like what you like. True. But is it not? <laughs> uh, okay, Chivas sounds really cheap, but Shivas. 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 <laughs> it's like, okay, uh, are you, so when you're in, you're, you, you're in the UK and you're a council house and violent, right? So are you a chav? Are you a chav? <laughs> like, I, this is what I could never get over there. And that's why I was super conflicted for the entire time I was on the island. I'm so confused. Uh, <laughs> you're killing well, me let's here. go back to it. So okay. little hands. Yeah, little, little hands. hands, right? <laughs> yeah, I can keep track. Yeah. I, I think I'm tracking correctly. Yeah. Um, he's, his, his, uh, he was dating a girl named Joanna Angel who owns Burning Angel, who also oh. came into this kind of thing by accident. Who, so fingerless fishnet gloves for sure. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you want me to... Like <laughs> she, he was just dating. He was a bartender actually. Right. Oh, nice. Bartender. Probably, yeah. At a strip club. Yeah, and this then it's like trip, uns- fall, uns- stumble into a porn career. Got it. Un- Nailed it. Seemingly <laughs> coincidental. This story. Um, they're living in San Diego and he's explaining, you know, uh, I was dating Joanna. I knew she was like directing porn. So I would come on set because she would let me. And I was like, man, this is fascinating to watch in person. Like how people interact. What he didn't bring her flowers. I'm sure he did. Okay, just clerk. Sorry. I think he seems like a gentleman. Yeah, you you know. Um, yeah, I, I think so. It's important. It probably is in that industry specifically, um, because there are no boundaries, and so you have to create your own. And so the the inter- So he, you know, he was drinking heavily, nightlife bartender. She has a day job, <laughs> day job. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I don't want to get the story on because it's fucking phenomenal. And he basically, she was like. One of my guys canceled on me. I need a new male talent. Otherwise, I'm out all of my money. Oh, And he's like, oh, shit. And he's like, I just kind of knew, like, I'm okay getting hard in front of the camera. So, therefore, I'm your guy. Boom. You know, but, you know, still, for the first year or so, all he did was, like, fill in for her because it's his girlfriend. And um, and he was okay at it, essentially. And then, eventually. (laughs) It is a skill. Well, eventually, another porn star, Stormy Daniels, recognized his talent and was like hey i i don't want to steal your man or anything but would would you hire him out and so they start pimping him out (laughs) mostly because 
he doesn't want to do the drink. He, he's not sustainable in drinking heavily and staying up late and they can't yeah. connect. And so porn essentially saved their relationship. <laughs> so uh, can you put my, my, can you put my rope up? If yeah, right. my drift. yeah right. <laughs> And I thought about it. And it's like, what a fascinating, like it's absolutely fascinating to me, especially to withhold judgment from what a lifestyle like that actually costs you. You're saying essentially you're writing off pretty much the, I know any other opportunity that could get in the way. Like you're taking the biggest risk possible. Um, and it's only because people portray the thing that everybody partakes in, in a negative light. It's really fascinating to me. I think the interesting thing about where we're saying about being at the bottom of the barrel, mm-hmm. right. Is there's no consequence to talking about anything, yeah. which makes you, we're talking about freedom mm-hmm. and like this idea. And you think about like, just to fucking put it out there. Why not? Joe Biden talking about marijuana, mm. you know, that he is obviously doing this to get a particular consequence. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, and how that's kind of like not totally opposite, but definitely opposite. So you think Colorado's going to, going to swing for Biden? Oh yeah. I mean, they're just going all the way for sure. Like that tax money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're yeah, definitely exactly. supporting him as a candidate. Just- he has to be the worst fucking candidate on the planet. Like, I mean, just, <sighs> just not even talking about policy or anything, just looking at a despicable human being, try to weasel their way into an office that for whatever reason he wants. I did find it interesting that uh, somebody proposed the reason why Barack Obama didn't throw his uh, support to Biden yet is because Michelle Obama will actually come online. I thought that was pretty fucking. That would be something inter- else. Like that's some game theory. No, no doubt there. Yeah. Oh, that because you must uh, like I it mean, is with there has to be a reason he hasn't backed somebody. Game theory, soap opera. Ooh, that'd be kind of out of the park. It would. And Shoot if they're the smart Democratic Party, that is the thing that could potentially be all the things that get people together in order to beat like a celebrity kind of thing like Trump. For sure. For um, sure. Because... I mean, they won't have a chance against Kurt Russell, but... Oh, they don't. But nobody does absolutely. with a fucking jeans yeah. and a side holster. Yeah, like, no, you're, you're done like for. He shoots like, literally like, from the hip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. <laughs> And that tank and top, he, a and, tank top with jeans. And guess what? That's commanding he style. He never runs out. It's true. No mag changes, no nope, nothing. nothing. Dude or never one-liners. Runs out of, yeah, yeah, he never runs out of one-liners. Either, <laughs> exactly. Which, Boom. which unfortunately, dear leader right now, has just the same, I want nothing, I want nothing, I want nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this is only one-liner he's got left. <laughs> uh, do you think, you know, all, all political um, judgment aside, do you really think that he he is so abhorrent to the idea of losing anything that he puts himself into situations just to not lose to prove that he can. Like, do you think that's how it really came about? Let's look at like, the Twitter feed. Do you think feed. it was a bet? Because think about all the things that you've done for oh, a bet. Man. Like, I, I've, you really have, right? <sighs> it's just like, I, with, you know, like, it's just a little embarrassing when you, like, look back at that catalog. <laughs> This is the kind of, this seems like the kind of presidency that would come about from a frat bet, right? Like, this is the kind of thing that people with pop collars wager. Oh, yeah. And then they, like, go and do it because of these connections. Yeah, it's It's like the same reason Steven Seagal is an action star. It's like, do you think we could pull this off? (laughs) I mean, look how he runs. He's obviously athletic. 
Did I go? <laughs> it's just too easy, though. That one was too easy. There's too many. It's like a big ball moving real slow. Are you it, saying that right down the middle? <laughs> right tactical the middle. asshole doesn't take <laughs> gravitas. <laughs> <laughs> um, it does, but mm. I think I think Seagal's like I think there are other like more subtle tactical asshole sort of um, crimes being committed. <laughs> Whereas Seagal is just all up front. You That's know, true. It's every, It's just like it's just too. It's just too obvious. I mean, come on with a name like Nico in the first place. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> <You know. laughs> so here's where I'm going with this. Uh, this uh, people wonder where I'm bridging this gap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> could, you know, no, they're not. They're just before, like Mike, Michael's gone over again. I just no. I really like fast forward. There is a coherent <laughs> thought here, and it's pretty interesting, at least to me. Maybe okay. other people don't think. Um, we wagered that an actor or an action star would be a good president because they at least can perform well and they say face and they're, yeah. um, they're aware enough of what they look like that maybe they can pretend good. Bedtime <laughs> for Bonzo. Right. California, early 2000s, Schwarzenegger. Yeah, but I also, I actually have changed my mind on this. I think a male porn star would be the most honest person on the planet because they have nothing to lose. And I would wager that they would make the best president because we have seen everything about that. <laughs> Physically. Thoughts? For sure. <laughs> I mean, this is a highfalutin esteemed I'm just got visions of the German chancellor in my head right now and <laughs> how she might respond to Merkel? that. Merkel? Yeah. She fucking for sure is a gaper. Too far? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we got it. Now I got to edit. I got to cut something out of a podcast for the first time. Will you really cut that out? N uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, Are you kidding me? Did I really push your boundary? I was impressed with myself for a second. Come on. You now I mean, I'm you disappointed I missed your humor. <laughs> you, 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 yeah, you, you did miss it. And we already played the donut joke today. Oh, I mean, that, yeah, but yeah. that was a, you know, that was like an internal group text and, um, and yeah, he said, Gaper, I said noisy. I mean, whatever. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> um, but, but I'm just, I'm just thinking how, I guess how, kind of in, in one way, how disarming that would be. We're not be far like, from Hey, right? I loved you. Loved you in that one. You know, and then the guy's like, which one? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> right. if you can identify, you can say one by actual name, mm. then... Game on. Then game on, and yeah, then I'll know your, a little bit more about you. Who is you your know, favorite about, like, male porn star? I don't even have any names for him. You just know. You're like, you just know, that guy. And he now, used to be like, in the early 2000s, it was that muscular guy with a ponytail. For sure. Yeah. Definitely not now. Shaved head, for sure. Yeah. Are you talking about... Um, God, what? Sims. I think maybe, yeah. Yeah, muscular guy, shaved head. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah his... he's in all of them. You're like, how did you... This is impressive, this yeah. stamina. Yeah. The, well, the stamina and the breadth of his appetites. Absolutely. Yeah, because he... Uh, <laughs> the he French guy, I can't think of his name. Oh, yeah, I know. You know who oh, I'm talking yeah. about. Of course. I think, he, I think he's my favorite. Only, and I didn't know this till later, he's a producer on an eclectic series of pornography that I actually think is pretty artistic the deeper or whatever the fucking series is really well shot how you feel about owen gray mm, good 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> Just... But, uh, but then you get it. I mean, then there's guy you literally see fuck. as Olivier. Is that his name? Is it is Martinez? Anyway, Olivier whatever. Martinez. I, um, I'm just now I'm, you know, it's, it's deep, dark. Can't, can't quite access that. Can't, clo- uh, this is something can't that access is, closet at this time. <laughs> but this is something interesting because you know, you look, you go, Oh, it's that guy. You, you are making oh, sure. your, but do you ever go look their names? Like, do you ever wonder? No, they're just background noise they're part of the they need them but i don't want to know them right <laughs> the, the psychology Isn't behind just... a private viewing of porn will actually elicit really how, like how we view the world how much detail do you know about yourself well i watch his campaign speeches in private <laughs> 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 I, mean, <laughs> I mean doors closed doors clo- yeah did you you saw the one about you can know. you imagine though if there was a porn star in the presidency and you're on the train looking at one of his videos and you're like i can he's the president yeah like, i'm looking at a political like, video it's, it's a, <laughs> it is absolutely political and and see look at look at look at how diverse his tastes are i mean is he doing like the american psycho thing and like flexing and then saying vote for me yeah <laughs> you'll notice like if is... he comes out with a raincoat yeah. on <laughs> have you guys ever <laughs> we're gonna we're we're into a whole different category of that campaign is... speech <laughs> i bet if you talk to brett uh ellis uh easton he was would... yeah easton ellis sorry um i think Actually, his character Patrick Bateman was based on Trump, like a like a smart, coherent Trump, right? Somebody who is so obsessed with the superficial and psychopathic. It really is. It's like a handsome Trump. It's like what Trump wishes that he was, and articulate, and articulate, yeah, and far more clever, and way better taste in music. I guess I'm oh. thinking organized. <laughs> Whitney Houston. <laughs> I can do a thousand now. <laughs> <laughs> it. I, I mean, <sighs> I'd like to know. I, I'm. Do you really like that? Hmm. Mergers and acquisitions. <laughs> <laughs> we were gonna just say we we're gonna get uh, business cards that say mergers and acquisitions, or on our door it would say murders and executions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on the front door, yeah, you're like, yeah, uh, am I in the right place? <laughs> if I walk in here and there's a drain hole, I'm leaving. There soon is to but be a lot t- of plastic wrap. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to say clean those mats. Yeah. Um. But I was going to say, by the time you've seen the drain hole, it's too late. You're not getting out. It's true. Yeah. And that's kind of a nice uh, side comment on our political system. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. By the He's already in office by the time you've seen the drain hole. And then you. I mean, you, how? And you and we all are getting. How or at least it's embarrassing. Rationally, how bad would it be? Let's say one for one exchange, put X porn star, let's call him small hands. Yeah. Yeah. Which is no different than our current uh, leader. (laughs) Although we've not seen him, you know, with the trow down. So we don't know if it means we have seen that tennis shot with the high waisted shorts. What do you, what do you gain? What do you lose? Yeah. I'm trying to think like, would it be a bad thing? Like, I I mean, seriously, if you put a male porn star that has no, that's just a normal human being through and through other than he has, you know, large member and he can actually perform in front of a camera. On demand. On demand. Totally. 
and do what he's told and um would would that make a bad leader do what he's told so you're uh, come on you're no, no hang on hang on you're 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 hinting there at hidden powers deep state kind of shit do you know how hard it would be to <laughs> orgasm on command that's a skill. That is a skill. It has to be one of the most impressive skills. Uh, That's well. be, imagine your constitution and control over your psychology to be able to tap into a place where you can go there. I mean, does that really translate to strategy, though? I think that it does. It, to strategy, for sure. <laughs> I mean, where you're placing but to your actual, <laughs> actual foreign policy, not so yeah, sure. Because yeah. <laughs> well, strategy, I mean, it's all about... Mark, like, we're not in an age where you have to sell your first black on white video. Uh, we're past that. Totally. When can I land totally. on an aircraft carrier? That's what I want to know. <laughs> oh, man. And make a, you know, a speech about some shit. Yeah. Well... Uh, it's over, but actually, it's I mean, not. if people are really wondering what I think about all day, these are the kind of fucking <laughs> wormholes that I go down where I'm like, would that really be bad? I don't think that it would. I think they're the most honest people that you could possibly run into. But I also think it has it. It's a, it's you can't look at it independent of current comparison, and that's mm. why you know, like if go back as as much as let's see, I found Mr. Clinton to you know not be in line with you know sort of whatever i thought he was he is a he was a fantastic mm. charismatic yeah orator absolutely yeah, absolutely and that and and so if i was comparing comparing like small hands mm. whatever to 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 that level of ability to sort of move people in a way with words gestures etc mm. um you know i don't think i don't think that small hands really has the same sort of for sure yeah. not. And, and so then if I look at it in the current context, I'm just like, I will fucking take anything. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, yeah. so, so that, and, and, and so I think it's, it's, it's hard to look at it from, you know, outside of the current context. I mean, the biggest problem is that, you know, we were talking about the, you know, porn stars being at the bottom of the barrel and you know kind of like being like that's a really great place to be only for the sake of honesty mm -hmm. and integrity right and opportunity and opportunity yeah. but which are not things having lived in dc that are associated with that at yeah. all oh <laughs> point taken you yeah. know yeah. it's <laughs> like like we can we can dream all we want but at the end of the day you know the control games and the manipulation and the deceit that reside in our capital city, regardless of particular person yeah. in office. Yeah. It pervades, um, Ooh. but it, it pervades class distinction and also what side of the aisle you sit on. Like everybody is the same kind of opportunist. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's the same kind of opportunist. I don't even let's take it out of the political context. And we'll just say, this is a human being thing is that this idea that, you know, controlling information is controlling people or mm -hmm. withholding information gives you power. That's like right. if I'm the only one that knows and if that's the way you're kind of running things, yeah, you're you're definitely tipping a hat to people's ignorance. Like saying like, hey, you probably shouldn't be involved in this because, you know, of 
you've you've not traveled, you've not experienced anything, you're not educated. Okay, so so let me give it to you in the Cliff Notes version, so that maybe you can you know help me or help the other person or you know whoever to get into political office. Um, but I think that notion I would rather uh, of withholding information, you know, if I can keep people ignorant, then I can keep them under control. Yeah. And I think this is a really, really bad, um, way to navigate as a society. Yeah. The trajectory is really, really, you could look at past history and it's not even hard. I'm not a historian, but it's like you look at past history and be like, this is not a good trajectory that. Yeah, exactly. Like if we want to, if you know, the, the better, the more, I don't want to, uh, I'm going to use the word wholesome. Yeah. (laughs) But what I mean is whole, um, sort of trajectory is to make sure that everyone is more educated, that there is more debate less pontificating mm. and um and, and posturing in in a sense like just uh yeah pay attention <laughs> i don't know fuck well I, it's t- like i i don't see any discernible difference no matter what happens and that's probably the saddest and, and i think yeah. that's how most people feel they go does it really matter like Played a brown shit, played a yellow shit, still played a shit. Or, or right? you know, let's say, man. Uh, or one's a plate and one's a bowl because you got a little bit too much. And it's not know. that they're... Okay, so let's say Michelle Obama's a fantastic speaker. She she presents well. She's eloquent. Yeah. She has this esteem. She's well-educated. You figure that her as a leader, she would figure it out. And we'd, you know, there's no you know nuclear yeah. winter going to fucking happen. Right. So I would have to say... That's a vast improvement. But when I really look at him, like we're talking about dynasties of families here still. Yeah. Because people are so afraid to change and go through those periods where uncertainty allows you to figure it out. Like uncertainty seems to be the most important. Um, I think the scariest thing for people. And and you could, in a, in a sense, I mean, we could equate it to the movie business in a way of mm-hmm. like, okay, let's remake this because it was successful. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a lot of what political careers are like. It's like looking at who had been successful in the past mm-hmm. um, and trying to replay, remake that, mimic it in a way and just say, okay, this is... Because it's safe. Because th- it's safe yeah. and it's already proven. It's The people already, they, they already know. It's already familiar. Mm-hmm. In some way, rather than some radical person coming out of, you know, whichever field. I'm going to say center field. This is, this <laughs> is the paradox of, like, having a living experience. Is we want so badly to be with the familiar and the known, but we know great experiences are actually unknown. 100%. Yeah. And that's why, like, we love to be surprised. I mean, that is humor, right? Like, humor is a surprise. It's, yeah. Humor is understanding something by surprise. Somebody's explaining something to you, and when they catch you off guard, but you have an understanding, you laugh because you were shocked that you didn't see it coming. That's why a joke will be ruined if you know the punchline, because it's not funny if we know that it's coming. <laughs> On second thought, like humor so easily becomes misunderstanding. Second term, oh, yeah. right? That's because, um, well, it becomes an insult, which is a joke that wasn't got. It's misunderstood, which is an insult, and that becomes pain. But laughter is pleasure because it's a surprise. We love surprises. 
we we thrive off of them. That is the experience. Going to a comedy show is a perfect example of like a a real experience that you're having because you don't know what is how it's going to be funny, but you know that it's going to be funny. So how the funniest thing ever would be to have a presidential election <laughs> and no one knows who won. <laughs> <laughs> Until yeah. that d- d- inauguration day. You're just like, all right, of of all of the 17 yeah. candidates who are going to be up here on stage. That's yeah, real American uh, Idol reality uh, show style. Exactly. Which <laughs> is not necessarily any different. But Simon, like also, yes. Dude, I, Simon I say Cowell's yes. up there. Yeah. He's just going to be like, right. Yeah, yeah. His, his, his cynicism <laughs> will be loud. <laughs> just so amazing. And, yeah, and they'd, they'd just be like, and guess what? The funniest thing ever is about to happen. The Libertarian but, candidate wait, wait, wait. won. Uh, I was going to say, <laughs> after our commercial, yeah. <laughs> we will reveal the winner. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, fuck. I mean, you could, it's funny how, um, how you could so quickly disrupt what our actual existence is. Like, uh, by changing one aspect, not not the the candidates, but you change the mathematical outcome of our voting system and you would change everything so instead of a well just like if you changed or if you made the stoplights green you have a preference that would change everything but, but you have a preference order right so i go well first i want this person maybe it's a third party candidate or maybe it's okay. not second i want this democratic party because the other one is fucking crazy yeah you would completely shift because there is no such thing as throwing away your vote you're actually voting for the person you intend to want in yeah. office out of given the three or whatever and so what you would see, and they knew this, it's actually what led to the French Revolution, is somebody saying that to have an actual democratic process, you have to mathematically equate voting to preference, not either or. It's not binary. It has to be either or. No. Or it has to be preference. Sorry. So when do we get to start chopping off their heads? <laughs> I think that's after they eat cake or they don't yeah. have cake. I, I think they got, I think they run out of cake. Don't yeah. they? Yeah. We should be so lucky. No, 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 <laughs> no. Anyone who has cake still gets their head cut off. That would be what mo- I mean, I mean, that's what the people who didn't have cake would say. Well, that's the people that don't have cake. That is the remark, right? Like the, the it is between the haves and the have nots. Yeah, yeah. And whether that distribution comes, uh, but by if you force. had cake, you'd just be like, "What? You don't have it?" Yeah, and like, this, this comes wrong because you, you you you're in, you you rate nothing. You have no cake. I come off like, frequently as an anti-capitalist, but I am not. Specifically, I'm not. I'm generally against crony capitalism and the convoluted thing that we're dealing with now. So I criticize. Or like someone sending out the letter that I got today, the official looking letter that looks like it has the state seal on it. Yeah, exactly. That um, that makes it and and with this language in it saying you have to act before December fourth or you lose your status or blah Mm -hmm. blah blah. And they're all they're trying (laughs) to do is. Tell me it's a private company not even registered in the state of Utah, you know, congratulating me for registering my corporation in the state of Utah. And if I want to have the certificate of existence, which I can get from the state for $12, but this letter is just informing me that I have to act now and it's $72.50 in order Mm. to get this thing, you know, to prove to the world that my corporation actually exists. I'm just like, wait, you're just sending these books like it would cost nothing in fact i think it's a great business model we should start it we should mm-hmm. just like get some letterhead and a kick-ass looking seal with mm-hmm. like a snake eagle, and an eagle and a and some russian lettering on it or something like that maybe <laughs> um 
<laughs> and then we could like send those letters out and just tell people they owe us money. And, and just like base the business on the fact that some people will get it and think it's real. A side note. Sorry. Why? Yeah. No, no, this is on but the it, same. Why it, is junk mail not illegal? Like, why is it legal to waste that much? Because recycling. <laughs> <laughs> like, who's what's going to fill the blue bins in the street on Monday morning? Like if there wasn't if there was no junk mail, the recyclers would just be. I mean, junk mail is legal and heroin is not. <laughs> yeah, that, like these are the kinds of weird questions. Come on, that I would like, guys! Like, and it seems like somebody with a twelve-inch dick could answer them for us all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like, I'll vote for that. <laughs> I'll vote for ten. Twelve's going to be painful. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there's got to be, there's big and then there's too big for sure. Yeah. yeah. My only remark is like, it doesn't matter to me. I can get off no matter what my size is. Well, it's, you know. <laughs> okay. But you want the president to be able to get others off. That's the sign of a good president. I mean, of negotiation skill. Well, yeah. Not, it's not and, how big it is. It's how you use it. Yep. I just, I've, I've heard that. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, uh, there's no substitute for size. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can attach a motor to the smallest. (laughs) Come on, come on, Michael. It's me saying it. That's what makes it so fucking funny. I'm just like, our whole our whole like premise that we put forth towards physical education is that um, big does not equal better. <laughs> then, no, big does not equal stronger. Oh, but big does equal better. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the uh, so it's power um, and weight. It's power. It's power to weight exactly. <laughs> if if you've got small hands, but other like I, so, I did see today um, a request to Mr. Keegan Dillon made on social media to come up with a strength program. <laughs> I don't know if you saw you you had to see it because you get the strength program called called Two Messing with Twite. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that actually. Oh, well, Keegan, Keegan, but I just it's going to be gone in a few hours because of the story. But um, any in any case, like you can attach a motor to the smallest little appendage, and it's still will never make up for the lack of size. The void in the, somebody's life or vagina ex- or, or whatever. Other crevice. What have you, yeah. Whatever your preference is. <laughs> yeah. I, I just think there's no substitute for size. And, 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 and that doesn't necessarily mean, and, and see all of a sudden I say something like that. People go, Oh, bigger is better. And I'm like, no, I said size. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I, you assumed big, I might've meant small. Oh, I assumed like, you, you can't hit the bottom of a tuna can, but you can bend the shit out of the sides. Wow, that's that's that goes back to the Big Mac or the hamburger <laughs> analogy that we were talking about earlier. Because, damn. Well, you kind of always assume, though, that bigger is better or, like, the size is better because it's about, it's about the recipient, too, though. Yeah, there, I mean, there's got to be some... There's something there, you some know. quality there. But and, not and everybody so, is a and, size queen. It, but, exactly. But, yeah. but wait... There's no substitute for size. I am down (laughs) with a good spinner. (laughs) 
right? <laughs> That's not <laughs> big. Touche. It's true. Yeah. It's right? true. Okay. It's true. It's true. Yeah. I guess life at its most <laughs> hashtag eat a sandwich really is about experience. Well, yes, and as, <laughs> just get as many as you can. <laughs> and, like, Jesus I don't know. I had a friend, one of my early mentors, um, actually, back in the day. He's just like, yeah, you're a very dangerous person. And I said, no, I'm a fucking child. What are you talking about? And he goes, you're willing to try on any shoe to see if it fits. And I was like... <laughs> Yeah, okay. I can see how some people might consider that to be dangerous. It's like my friend Jeff says, I'll try anything twice, three times if I'm drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, he hasn't met small hands yet. It's more than twice. You do? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, who's the person who's all trying anything any amount of times because I really have, I'm really open to different experiences. Yeah, and I know that the third time is often the best. Yeah, it's definitely not the first time. <laughs> yeah, but that's why that's that is also a good argument for term limits. In some ways, <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I think about like you know, you guys obviously saw my world famous dancing uh, poster that yeah. was posted all around the world in Salt Lake City. Yeah, so so <laughs> and so our friend uh, Izzy probably needs to see that so that uh, a new rendition of the uh, action figure <laughs> is a better angle is yeah, a better it is, angle yeah. exactly it makes me exactly. look yeah. very large yeah um, well there's like two different action figures right there's like desert camo and then there's like forest camo that yeah it's true kind of and then there's urban camo yeah or, well yeah. I'm, it doesn't have to be two <laughs> yeah. three times if i'm drunk yeah, exactly you know? <laughs> i really like i would definitely mind a, down with i wouldn't mind camo. a goth version yeah. of michael blevins like I'm okay with that special edition available on the story only. I was really into only. goth rock for a really long time. Like Crucifix Shadows was fucking always playing. There was always, you know, Morbid Angel, which is one of the yeah. worst ones, but I still liked it because <laughs> <laughs> how can you not? They're just and there's something really awesome about goth girls. Oh yeah, they're really absolutely. Is. There's absolutely. something where you're like, there's something cool about them. Fucking like, zipping it over here. <laughs> Actually, I won't bring that up. I don't know. Let me just say that I was in a particular relationship, and it appeared that the outcome, like, it was a competition. There was going to be a winner, but the winner was going to be decided by who could be the most depressed. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't. So that uh, isn't that isn't gothic to me. That's depressed. melodramatic and depressed is like a larger category though you know what i mean because you can't say that only goth kids are depressed well that's that's absolutely true are they good at it yeah totally they should be (laughs) (laughs) that is a tough question are or is like the goth style you know kids or whatever is that goth is that a depressive style do you see no I don't think so. I don't think so either. I yeah. see it as somebody who's actually maybe. What do I see it as? Somebody who is enamored by a aesthetic of sorts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like when I watch the the movie Sleepy Hollow, I fucking love it. Like I love all the detail that they put into it, which is totally make believe. That thing that time never existed, where stuff was that you know quirky or that interesting or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's almost like steampunk. Like I like that aesthetic too, because it's so well thought out. I think the first time I heard of steampunk, somebody described it to me. 
imagine if Abraham Lincoln had a Gatling gun in a spaceship. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, that's such a good way to put it. Uh, <laughs> let me... Four score and 20 years into the future. <laughs> I'm going to save some repressed people. <laughs> I never understood how powerful the, the Gettysburg Address was um, because of how short it was. It's like four okay. lines, four, four paragraphs or something I, like that. In a time where people traveled like 12 days or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You watch somebody like speak. Sermon. Somebody spoke for four minutes. Uh, but there is power in being small, I guess. And short. <laughs> Too much? Oh, no. <laughs> Did I find the gutter? Not quite. I think we all banged our head off. Uh, of it yeah. Came back to I mean, at this point, as the nonprofit resident bartender, I'm going to try this fucking Are you moonshine. going for it live? No. Yeah. Whoa. Dude. Awesome. Oh, with, yeah. with permission. We, yeah. No, we, we, we encourage you know, it. Can we it's, deem, can we, is there some kind of sword we have to knight him as the nonprofit official bartender? Official, um, I don't. Nick the Laz. No, yeah. he's, he's knighting himself right now. That's how you do wow. it. That's how you do it. You open the moonshine. That is a mason jar being opened. And it turns out the mason jar is clear, <laughs> and the liquid inside is... Oh, this is a hangover. That was a masterful pour. It, it was really... It was. Well, it's impressive. Michael, Damn. you do it enough. I know. I, I, <laughs> hey, when I see expertise, I like to point it out. Yeah. Fair enough, right? So where's my scholarship? <laughs> where's your Crisco? Yeah. <laughs> and talk um, to the chefs. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You, like I said, <laughs> I, we got to be careful what we say on here because that moonshine showed up as a result of having said something on here, <laughs> as, as did some others. But what I was thinking you was if you matter. say, if you show up with five gallons of Crisco in a kiddie pool, <laughs> like, don't say that. Anybody, will, if you show up with that here, you will be shot in the parking lot. <laughs> Cut into pieces and put in the dumpster. Yeah, I don't do it. It's because the to, wood chipper is being repaired. We need yeah, things exactly. that are useful. We really do. Like, we need objects that are funny. Yeah, that make a point, but also after we're done laughing, we can use them because. The and there's no use for five moonshine or Crisco. I was going to say for the Chris, there's no use for the Crisco, but the kiddie pool sometime in July next year we can use it. So tell I mean, us, dogs, like but yeah, like. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. We'd fill it with ice water. And also, ice bath. Sidebar. So, kind as of a bummed I didn't get to meet Lambert Sparkle. Oh, he had his grooming today. Oh, mm. darn. And Sparkle was at the doctor's office today, the good doctor's office. The good doctor. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, both dogs are out, which is kind of funny. He was not it, happy with me when the groomer showed up this morning. He gets all excited when everybody comes. As soon as he smells her, he's like, oh, nope. no. Yeah, he backs up immediately. Oh, yeah, this is terrible. How bad is it? I mean, it tastes like blueberries, but it also tastes like ethanol <laughs> you're like whoo there you go there's nothing good about it not a sipper okay so <laughs> i don't even know i even know when this era is oh, yeah. uh I i'm not even gonna try it now you, Jesus. Do, you need to wash I, that down with some real liquor quick fast <laughs> pour me some rye whiskey oh. um so we had this this idea in when i was climbing and probably started in this idea about uh in, in the eighties that there was, there was a mythical character in the mountains. And whenever any bad shit happened, 
he was responsible. Oh, of course. Yeah. And yeah. so that character's name was Tyrone. <laughs> and, you know, it had nothing to do with anything. It would just that every now and then, like if it got really bad, Tyrone would sodomize you. Right. And generally with a piece of rebar. But if it was but if it was gonna go on for a long time, it wasn't just in and out. It was a piece of rebar that was shaped like a corkscrew, and he'd wind that there up inside you and then shake you on the end of it. That's some shit right. you can only make up when you've been in the mountains for a really for long a really time. long time <laughs> and been getting fucked by the yeah, weather. Post twenty four you know, hours just being like something. <laughs> so I just received a text message which I find incredibly funny. <laughs> Hope you're doing well, Tyrone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious if you still own 2005 West 72, uh, uh, 7125 South. I'm looking to buy a home in the area and just wondering if you have any thoughts on selling. <laughs> I'm like, wow, Tyrone owns property. I thought he was he could walk into any property and just start <laughs> fucking people. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I don't know if I'm glad that I know the story behind that, but I You're do right. appreciate it. Did you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there there's actually drawings of Tyrone with somebody on the end of a piece of There is one drawing for sure of somebody being on the end of a piece of rebar getting shaken by so gigantic storm. But anyway. I always just thought this existence for you was novel, but it seems you've been ridiculous your whole life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I oh man, it's just the self to, the self realization of it all, and just like owning it, right? Yeah. You and know? people are like, man, like, that guy's so serious. He takes himself so seriously. And I'm just like, are you kidding? Yeah, <laughs> no, not a chance. No, you mean I totally Doctor Doom all the way? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Doctor Doom with a helmet shaped like a penis. I mean, <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think we were always quite skilled at making fun of ourselves and situations that we voluntarily put ourselves <laughs> into, <laughs> which is not, uh, well, at least I get to look back and laugh at it now. <laughs> yeah. Always. I mean, you can, you should, you should look back and laugh at everything because it's all so good. Everything that has happened, no matter, like, yeah, it could be traumatic, it could be whatever, and some people might be enraged because I'm not sensitive to their personal trauma, but yeah, um, in reality, that's funny too. Like, it has to be. Well, like, you know, just just because you think everything is funny because everything is absurd, yeah, right, doesn't mean that you're not empathetic to people, you know, which is the which is the yeah. mistake that people make when they say that. True. Yeah, you no. Because when you're when you're laughing, you can laugh with people. I was I was about to say there there, there is no differentiation between laughing at and laughing with. Yeah, and totally. and being able to make that distinction, I think, is what you know helps uh, ground us or balance us in yeah. some way. It's just like, oh, oh yeah, I, you're, that's funny as fuck, and I also my heart breaks for you. Yeah, uh, and and the the border the spectrum between like. Uh, grievous sorrow and insane laughter is like it's just the hair to the left or right depending it on where really you look is. at it and when you see people who are manic you see it people who go immediately from hysterically laughing into sobbing uncontrollably take they the s off of slaughter and you have laughter <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Fuck. 
I think, do we need a shirt I, that says the slaughterhouse? It's all laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> no, we need to have a t-shirt that, that says the laughter house and has the S crossed out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. And that should be on the door of the podcast studio because apparently like is, the only person getting slaughtered mm. is if that guy actually, you know, we buy him a plane ticket. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus. One way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a drain hole. I yeah. don't... No, actually, that's, that'd be too easy. Unfortunately. Yeah. I, I would like to have a challenge if we're going to have a discussion. Uh, yeah. I, I really do like difficult conversations. I think people um, misinterpret me not wanting to have one as like backing down from a hard conversation. Mm-hmm. But it's really, I can kind of... <laughs> yeah, because that's... That's how I describe you to people. Like somebody says, "Like, what's Michael really like?" I'm like, ah, "He's kind of, he's kind of not bitch. willing to have a difficult conversation. He just wants to talk about trivial shit and, <laughs> time and 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 he's not actually inquisitive about life and you know the universe in any way whatsoever." Um, so, I thoroughly don't recommend you getting to know him. Uh, <laughs> that would make like, the most sense. Um, but in real, like it, you have to discern. Well, you have to be able to predict the future, right? Uh, to some degree, I'm not saying it's accurate, <laughs> but you have to be able to like look strategically at how things would play out and understand if the outcome could possibly be a positive experience. I'm not saying that you're only looking for positive experiences. No, no, I'm, that's right. not what and I I'm heard. Also, not saying <laughs> that I miss it sometimes and and um, don't understand that I missed out on an opportunity for something. It's just like you only have so much time. Oh, yeah. to gear towards and in, in in all honesty like if you put your details on paper and would have like and i would have looked at them and it'd be like hey do you want to talk to him and i go why really like but the same you could say the same thing about me and i know that and i know like people will miss an opportunity because they don't judge me correctly and the same is true but the difference but if i do them, that the automatic assumption is he'll never talk to me yeah Assumptions are bad on right. both premises, <laughs> right? They're bad all around. But the only thing that will break that assumption and your predictive quality is bridging a gap with action. You came in and therefore a, a resume or a reference or an ask is not warranted because you showed up in person. And that supersedes all kinds of resume, third person bullshit. That, way to bring it back to the... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, because you're here in the first person and you're talking for yourself and you're explaining who you are. Therefore, I don't care who you are because I'm yeah. experiencing it. Yep. And and that that will always be the thing that takes precedence over the person that thinks they can provide an experience is the one who actually provides one. And makes the di- and just like it, it's. it's fun. I, I'm not going to I'm not saying this to invite other people to, <laughs> to do the same. Yeah. But the fact that you're just like, hey, I'm going to be driving through town. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck yeah. Cool. Let's, 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 you know, as a sort of stopping point. Yeah. Stop. Let's stop here. Let's have a conversation. Let's Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Because every, every interact, virtual interaction that we've had, I'm just like, I need to know, like, the story (laughs) here. Because there's a... Because it seems inter- fascinating, interesting. Like this yeah. is, and and if the broadcast is truthful, and some aren't, totally, um, it'll be a super cool conversation. It'll be it'll be really fun, and I could, it, it, you know, unfortunately, 
many broadcasts are not truthful. But the, but if people but if it's not, and the person who's actually you know perpetrating the false sort of broadcast knows it, they're never going to show up in person. No, because no they way. know they'll get found out. Yeah, exactly. yeah, you can't hide. I mean, there's no hiding, and that, that's why. Uh, who's the guy? Liam is that the guy who showed up yesterday from Australia? Or Liam and names went right past me. I heard Liam. Yeah. Anyway, the guy he was the one that wrote me a message and um, was like, "Man, I used to hate you." <laughs> and I always like messages <laughs> oh, to start like, oh, yeah, 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 perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, do tell. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and it, like, well, he was like, you know, I thought you were arrogant and this, and the more I listen to you, that seems that's less so. And I say, well, both things are probably true, right? <laughs> Can you have one without yeah, the other? You, That's kind of the you, question. You probably here. identified correctly, but you stopped there. And yeah. as you kept going, you might have understood that both are true, but it wasn't as alarming as you thought that it would yeah. be. Or it's not as disingenuous as you might have thought. Um, but funny enough, now he's here. And I think it's always cool that somebody can actually recognize when they were wrong about their assumptions. It's important. And, you know, that's one of the things kind of bring it full circle that kind of ties into my personal narrative is that coming from very conservative background and education and what have you, it took me entering into the hospitality interest industry to have an open mind to become a human being, literally <laughs> yeah. like through trying to being like, you know, I have to memorize this menu because I have to make money, you know, cause I have to, you know, live what have you. Um, and so I want to try these things. It but just you have- it opened my mind and brought me this whole new world of experiences to where like, yeah, I'm going to show up at some random un, like unmarked building and like <laughs> hang out with dudes and drink alcohol. Like, yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> but, so you have degrees in some like... Yeah, I have like multiple me- degrees in philosophical theology that make me really interesting bartender, but like nothing else. I, I was a... I was about to say you cut me off before I could finish my sentence. Oh, which, sorry, chef. But you actually finished it for me. I said, "But you have some degrees in like made up bullshit." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For the most part, <laughs> conquerors of the useless this, this all day. Just, <laughs> and and not to and that's me, you know, making fun of something that I don't understand mostly. But um, but it's in, I, I always find it fascinating. <laughs> When someone goes down a particular educational path mm-hmm. and then has some sort of epiphany later that is not necessarily contradictory to, it's an adjunct to, um, that, that uh, sort of humanizes that very rigorous education in a way mm-hmm. and makes it actually applicable to the, you know. Oh, yeah relating to the world on a, on a daily and a real basis. I think I'd put it like the best kind of education is an uneducation. Like no matter what field you're in, if it does its job, it will unlearn you correctly and you'll figure out what you actually then need to know. So in some sense, like a lot of people like waste their money or say that they waste their money on, you know, a philosophy degree yeah. or of yeah, sorts. Yeah. And it's like, that's not always true. You you kind of had to go down that road before you understood that that wasn't the road. I mean, who's to say what are the intended and unintended consequences 
of whatever choice you make in life, right? You know, because you're on an alpine climb or like you're on a bike ride and who's to say that the unintended consequences of that are a storm rolls in and you just get royally yep. fucked by <laughs> Tyrone, you know, <laughs> or you don't. And, you know, like you had, like I did like last year, last alpine season where I went up to the diamond in Colorado, no wind, no people, sun all day. Yeah. Which is unheard of. That's for that because whole thing. a cardboard cutout of Joe Simpson was been, <laughs> had been placed in another mountain range, yeah. and Tyrone was there. Fucking exactly. With, yeah. Like totally. He was busy. He was busy. Exactly. With yeah. a facsimile of Joe Simpson, who seemed yeah. to it, uh, and we w- we used to make a joke about that. Just like, man, Joe seems to have some really fucking bad luck. <laughs> and if we don't want to have bad luck, we need don't to trick <laughs> Tyrone into going where he thinks Joe Simpson is, and yeah. so we came up with this idea about the full-size cardboard cutout of joe simpson <laughs> never made one but it was a concept you know a concept piece and uh, but the 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 funny thing is, you know you go up to the diamond and there's like oh there's no afternoon thunderstorm <laughs> all you should be thinking then is about how you're going to have to pay for that later oh i mean there's no doubt there you know no no but i ain't i ain't taking any security deposit out on the future i'm living in the now Now, yeah as as you should and fucking take full advantage exactly any summer day in colorado when you don't get fucking electrocuted but you just take that you take that in what i've learned from that or like my experience in hospitality and bartending is that I'm not going to say no to experiences anymore because of whatever, yeah. like, like demon in my head or like that's wrong or that's morally inappropriate. No, it's like, no, bring it all. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I'm tired of being scared. You I'll know? decide later whether 12 was too much. Yeah. Like, yeah. let's have a conversation, you know, like let's talk to people, let, let's find people and just ask honest questions and just go for it. Because to quote out one of our favorite like punk rockers, right? Like the future is unwritten. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you got to like learn to be free and just follow that forward. But later on in that dude's career, he was surrounded by mescaleros. So <laughs> I'm not totally sure that his judgment can be uh, <laughs> uh, like hard disagree. I fucking love that album. <laughs> well, no, no, no. But I'm, I'm, I'm joking because earlier in the yeah, podcast, yeah. you brought up the Mescalero. Is, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah and, yeah, it's, yeah. and my head immediately went there. I'm like, Joe Strummer was surrounded by dudes making fucking Mezcal. Mezcal. Okay. Like, what is <laughs> happening? Like, wow. Oh, it's true. It's true. Oh, his, definitely. His backing band. <laughs> they were making drugs. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> please and thank you yeah please yeah exactly i still have my natural tendency my natural immediate first response still is no but that dates back to a period of my life when i thought i could control shit yes yes and thought i was in control and don't say nope that doesn't fit you know that's that's you that's you that's just okay this is me this works for where I'm headed, where I think I headed, where I think I can control that I'm headed. Um, and now it feels like, okay, I probably need to say let yes more often because A, uh, I don't have that same illusion of mm-hmm. uh, control. I have some mastery of self sometimes, but I think it's it's really important to say yes 
when certain opportunities arise because because we don't know. And if we are here to try to know, mm-hmm. then we're not gonna we're not gonna know more by saying no mm-hmm. more often. Yeah, definitely not. And it's like the more that I've learned to put myself in uncomfortable circumstances, regardless of what it actually is, the more that I've learned and the higher quality of life that I've had, even if it's a failure. Oh yeah. Even if it's something where you're like, well, I'll never do that again, you know? But the thing is, is now I know. Thank God I got through it so I can actually stand here and say, I'll never do that again. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Regardless of topic, regardless of activity, you know? Um, yeah, I'm just, I guess I'm a yes man now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a hell of a lot better than being a middleman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Unless you, uh, there's probably some advantage to being a sandwich in some circumstances, but if you're, a or being the meat in the, the sandwich, I, I guess gonna, is, I, uh, well, I don't let, know. Me, let me be more clear here. <laughs> But if, uh, <laughs> if the specialness of a Big Mac is that bread, then you can be special. Uh, then, then a middleman is oh. the secret. Everyone has their place. So every car salesman knew that we didn't know. Fuck. And now the Thousand Island dressing really makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much better than Crisco. Yeah. Totally. I, I genuinely appreciate that you not only said yes, but you reached out in order to get a yes yeah so, no it's, a, it's it's been a privilege to be here and hang out and share a drink and just kind of see what's going on and yeah. yeah so um you're in boulder well denver 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 um i think i mean we don't we have a new system we're awarding for scholarships um <laughs> that you have to go through <laughs> It's got nothing to do with moonshine, (laughs) testicles, Crisco, or kiddie pools. (laughs) Nothing to do with any of those things. No, but there's this thing. um, Well, it's part of chaos, but we award things on no given uh, circumstances or... It ain't organized and... Nobody knows who's driving. No, yeah. Just just because. Yeah. So when we do have... Why are you getting that tattoo? Because it's awesome. Yeah. Huh? (laughs) Well, because I have a blank space. I should require something about the tattoo. (laughs) But I was going to say, you know, since we're having a symposium uh, in uh, February, you should come and we will put you on part of the scholarship. Yeah. Sounds great. I'm down to drive out. Nice. Perfect. It's the first and second? First and second of February. Okay. Put it on the calendar. Do it. Because... Yeah, we haven't actually it, officially announced it. <laughs> Here it is. Subject been, to change. Here's the, <laughs> here's the announcement. The announcement. We uh, actually have a symposium on February 1st and 2nd. Of 2000... At the Nonprofit wait, Event Center. 2020. 2020. Yeah. 2020, I believe. Yeah. In this election year, <laughs> get it in before we all die is, is going to be our tagline. There it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Get it while you still can. Get it done before it goes dark. Exactly. <laughs> Hey. Or go dark before it gets yeah. done. I don't know. Oh. If nuclear winter is on the horizon, you'll have no regrets. If it's boring, I will make fun of you. Oh, for sure. But, yeah, but as just sure. So okay, <laughs> who do you think is going to launch a nuke at who? Is what I like the whole concept of nuclear winter. I haven't heard about it. Like I haven't thought about that. And since it was like get under your desk and kiss your ass goodbye when I was a child in school. Somebody like, small who knows that we can't actually obliterate the entire... So I would say it's a North Korea thing. 
It's my guess. Yeah. It's right? our... Wait. So, a nation or Iran? People yeah. who don't think they have anything to live for. Yeah. Exactly. They have nothing to lose. Okay. And but they don't have enough okay. to cause. But what would enact is a chain reaction. Yeah. Of oh, now that this step happened. Oh, if now P, then Q. Oh yeah. Well, fuck. How about exa- Z? Because well, if they pull <laughs> the rug off, right, and we launch, then every other country goes, oh, you oh. think it's acceptable to launch? And then, well, I've been wanting to do this for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, 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 with, no we got to turn the keys at the same time. <laughs> it's, I can't reach the that, other key. <laughs> it was designed specifically to keep you from doing it unilaterally, motherfucker. So, it's with that great optimistic lookout on life that we invite people to come learn about fitness on <laughs> February 1st and 2nd of 2020, you know, before it all goes to shit. Exactly. Find out what you can bench <laughs> before the world ends. <laughs> I, that seems yeah. like a likely spot to end the podcast. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. It'll be, I'll just be there under an empty bar once again. <laughs> Find out what you can bench. I well, I'll be there nothing. looking up at the bar. <laughs> Would that be called the nihilist bencher? We I've got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I bench nothing. Bench nothing. But it means everything. <laughs> I mean, in my world, I hope I'm looking at an empty bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. At a particular time of night. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if it's two and there's still people in the bar, we're in trouble. Yeah. Oh. Or at a speakeasy. Because <laughs> then you can't leave. <laughs> exactly. Does does the door does it work that way? Is there like is it just as hard so to get out? Once once there's a hundred people inside, the bouncer goes to the outside, <laughs> and you have to like open that little hatch and be like, "Dude, I gotta leave." Nope. Nope. No. Nope. In a lot you're, of them, there's no windows, so you're really fucked. Yeah. <laughs> so. You have to drink until you hate yourself. I. That's how I started. I, <laughs> I started drinking because I hate my, and it didn't get any better. How do you end where you start? <laughs> Ooh subject for the next podcast exactly. <laughs> how do you exactly where you start and is that what you actually wanted <laughs>